0: Welcome back to another year of this nonsense we call the Silicon Sasquatch podcast, and uh, this is uh, another one of our Game of the Year uh, features. Today we're going to be uh, going through our 10 category awards for the year of 2019, and then also uh, figuring out what our top 10 games of the year were. Uh, And joining me, as always, are Aaron Thayer.
1: Hey everyone, I'm in the same room as Nick, so we're broadcasting from Portland.
0: It's true. Up in the hinterlands of Seattle, we have Spencer Tordoff.
2: Hello. I am ill this year, so I'm going to try to not talk much. We'll see how well that goes.
0: Out in Japan, we got our man, Doug Bonham.
3: Good morning, good evening, whatever the time
0: may be. And then, of course, out in Australia, we got Tyler Martin.
4: Representing single-handedly the entire Southern Hemisphere.
0: It's a heavy burden, but you wear a with works, the penguins. right.
4: so uh
0: as if you've heard one of these things before you probably know the drill we're going to stick to the same routine for the most part uh so we're just going to jump right in and start figuring out what the uh winners of our 10 categories we've chosen these are very similar to the categories in previous years we uh we thought about changing them up a bit we did a little bit of voting and we landed on kind of these 10 which are uh, a bunch of old favorites for the most part uh what you should know is that there will be 10 categories and in each one we're trying to choose a winner as well as naming two runners-up the runners-up are not ordered necessarily uh and uh that's pretty much it so we gotta uh, I'll, I'll just name all the categories now and we'll just jump in from the top the 10 categories we'll be doing this year are best music best art direction best character best moment best tone control The Norman Reedus Gig Economy Worker Memorial Award Parentheses brought to you by Hideo Kojima In a special partnership with Monster Energy And Parentheses Best Continuation Best Storytelling Best Photo Mode And Most Fun Uh, That Kojima Award has paid dividends year over year And the man just keeps putting out stuff that warrants an award So hey uh, Or a category I should say Not sure if he's going to win it uh let's jump into mentioning he has not always been the sole winner of that award true but he probably has the most nominations year over year in that award for just doing the most bonkers stuff so uh anyway uh let's jump right into uh our old favorite here uh best music so this uh this is uh defined as an original score a licensed soundtrack some combination therein whatever uh, the goal here is just to name, like, find games that make really good use of music and try and you know, kind of define why that relationship to the music is so uh, meaningful or impacts the game experience in a positive way. And uh, yeah, we'll see where we land on this one. There's a lot of nominees.
1: And interestingly, this year, it seems from a couple of nominees like Sayonara, mm-hmm. Realm Hearts, and even my own nominee for Jedi Fallen Order, there's a bit of... Remixing of kind of existing music in some way. Like, Sayonara has one song, Claire de Lune, right, that is kind of remixed. Um,
0: yeah. But yeah, that, that that's sick Debussy uh, remixing yeah. action.
1: So there's, there's uh, music from the game original soundtracks, and um, some of it is kind of... Or even Cadence of Hyrule, you could say, some of it is original Zelda music that's been kind of reimagined. So there's not just... Um, straight up new music here, but some reimaginings of classic um, scores from across different
4: uh, I think products. an important distinction here is how the game uses music. Like, mm. if we had been doing this back in the day, it's not like we would have put up Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 as best music. Speak even for yourself. That Which, soundtrack fucking rips. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it still does. <laughs> Super does, yeah. But it has very little to do with the game. Um. Uh
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I just
0: sort of right, with that, but I get, f- get what,
1: what you're already. saying. I mean, I would still History. nominate
0: it on our, on our current context and our current way we do these things. I would totally put THPS2 soundtrack in here, but
1: we're working on a game of the here's the thing. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater
0: 3 this. soundtrack uh, has Ace of spades.
4: Would we have nominated Crazy Taxi? Um, is crazy. That's a very down. good
3: question. I mean, I so here's here's the thing. I would have nominated both of those. <laughs> But they would not have necessarily gotten into the top three or to the winning spot because... And we also know
0: that you're kind of a monster, Doug. Also, <laughs> how much of that has to do with the fact that they're both Dreamcast games?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Moving on.
0: <laughs> but for real, Crazy Taxi's music is huge and awesome. And even though there's only four songs, they are totally great.
4: Uh, I think it's pretty telling that the game was re-released and <laughs> didn't have that music and people were like, this sucks. What have you done? Yep. Yeah. So, the nominees for Best Music this year are
0: (laughs) Celeste Farewell uh, by Lena Raine, Sayonara Wildhearts by Daniel Olson, Jonathan Eng, and Linnea Olson, A Short Hike by Mark Sparling, Apex Legends by Stephen Barton. Is it Mutation? Mutazione? Mutazione. Mutazione. Okay, Mutazione by Degut Fabric, Uh, Cadence of Hyrule by Danny Baranowski, Outer Wilds by Andrew Pralo. Fire Emblem Three Houses by uh, Takeru Kanazaki, uh, Catherine Full Body by Shoji Meguro, uh, Death Stranding by Ludwig Forsell, Gears Five by uh, Ramin Jawadi, who did the, uh, was it Game of Thrones?
5: Yes. Oh yeah. He's, yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, Westworld, mm-hmm. uh, mm. Fancy Man, Kingdom Hearts Three by Yoko Shimomura. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield by Go Ichinose and Minako Arachi. I'm sorry if I'm butchering all the Japanese names. You're good. Sekiro by Yuka Kitamura. Uh, Untitled Goose Game by Dan Golding. Dicey Dungeons by Chipsall. Death Stranding is on here. Is it on here twice? No, it's not. Death Stranding. Uh... Oh, it is on here twice. Right. The original soundtrack is... Uh, I think... We'll count Death Stranding as just one game. We're not going to split it up between original soundtrack versus licensed soundtracks, I don't think.
4: That'd yeah, it kind doesn't
0: of, make any sense. Yeah, the licensed soundtrack includes tracks from bands like Churches, Low Roar. Uh, I think Churches Major Lasers Churches in there. Churches
2: did make it specifically for the the um for the game. They like did. It wasn't
0: yeah. Just, yeah. Yep. Kind of like with uh, Kingdom Hearts Three, uh, Isawa Hikaru did a song for the game too. With uh, who was it? Skrillex. Skrillex. Yeah. <laughs> Drop That's that. So- that song fucking rips. Yeah, though. drop it, please. Uh, no, that song's great. Uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Uh, Ryo Nagamatsu, who did the remake comp- compositions, arrangements, and then uh, Minako Hamano and Kozue Ichikawa did the originals. Eliza, Matthew S. Burns. Trails of Cold Steel 3 by Falcom Sound Team JDK. Uh, I later, I meant just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> later Alligator by Too Mellow. And then Jedi Fallen Order by Stephen Barton, Gordy Hobb, and Nick Labiers. That's a lot of nominees. Right, so it's
1: we went a little hard, hard here. Quite a number of Category, I think.
0: Right? Yeah, it's a it's this is a great year for music more than anything in games maybe.
4: Yeah. All right, let's start the bloodletting. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. Who wants so, to start?
4: Celeste farewell, Nick. Uh, is it is it different than normal Celeste? Is it yeah. improved?
0: So there's a couple things that make it different and uh, distinct. One is that there's more live instrumentation than previously. There's new voices that are brought in, like cello and violin, which are not present in the first game, and they uh, correspond to characters in this new chapter. Uh, there's the bird, there's the uh, the grandma. and So we're uh, doing a peer and the Wolf type of situation. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, but it's really effective. And the way that they... Uh, you know, Celeste was big on motif and like kind of re- referencing themes of like, Theo and Madeline throughout uh farewell does that even further and like mixes things into more and more kind of chaotic intense moments of these like leitmotifs and uh the finale just what i
4: wanted from celeste more intensity
0: <laughs> it's great though i mean like you know you all know that the last room in farewell took me like four hours right like it was punishing as shit and i same... saw
4: your like, recordings <laughs> yeah
0: and that same eight minute track looped the whole time and i never got tired of it i just that that track it's just, the whole thing is great. There's a couple of tracks I linked that I know you all listen to thoroughly uh, that uh, kind of highlight these instrumentation bits. I think it's I think it's a really phenomenal step forward. It's definitely in the keeping of the tradition of Celeste. It doesn't sound like it doesn't fit there, but it's an evolution and a, kind of like, I'd say like one of the most confident things I've seen from Lena Raine so far.
1: And it's a separate release too, right? Soundtrack release. Oh yeah,
0: you better believe it's a, it's, its own vinyl.
1: <laughs>
0: is it your best music of the year? Uh, I would say it's in my top three. How does it compare to Sayonara Wild Hearts? Uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts is tricky because that game is all music. Everything you're doing is synced to the moment, to the beat. I mean,
3: it's called a pop album that you play. Yeah. Uh, For lack of a better term.
0: Yeah, I would say that, you know, Celeste is a platformer that you could play muted, but you're really missing a lot of the feel without the music. But you literally cannot play a Cyan or a wild heart without hearing the music. Like you need to There the were beads. some
4: levels in Celeste I did play muted just because I found the music uh, distracted me.
1: Oh okay. For your focus. That shit's
4: and hard, man.
2: Into the gamer yeah, zone.
0: This is a hard game. Yeah. Uh, I think those are like two of my three favorites for the year, so I'd be hard pressed to drop them right now. Uh, Aaron, you want to defend a short? hike?
4: Well, <clears throat> oh, I'll jump to the defense of that too. Yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Um, as Nick picks apart every one of his little darlings.
1: Yeah. I, I'm curious to hear what Nick says since he has more of, I would say, arguably a uh, music critique background than I do. Um, but I think that as far as the standalone soundtrack, um, A Short Hike is one of the most pleasant soundtracks and just vibes and with its acoustic arrangements and just upbeat. Almost like, I, I want to say, like a Mario Sunshine corollary in a way. Like, it has this kind of pleasant, beachy vibe, tropic vibe, vacation vibe. It's just well done, very clean, very rich, simplistic, but it sets the tone and the theme for that hike that you're doing up this mountain as a bird person, meeting strange animal people, and doing this kind of light, pleasant platforming. It just fits... I know this is not tone control, but it fits the tone of the game very well. And it's just a great um arranged soundtrack ost to listen to on spotify When like uh, i have this whole work playlist of music and games uh, game soundtracks i listen to when i'm trying yeah. to focus um and it's one of my favorites that i listen to
0: it's year. it's really pleasant and fun uh the thing that i would add to that is uh the music is extremely dynamic and that's something that this is a game where you're exploring a pretty big mountain by yourself like an island on a mountain
1: so like while you're playing or a mountain say, on an like island, the, the dynamic
0: yeah and the game doesn't give you a map or any sort of navigation tools but the music changes in interesting ways but based both on like your rotation around the island like what zone you're in and how elevated you are and so between those two kind of things you get this sort of implicit understanding of like oh i'm at this elevation relatively and i'm in this kind of like the graveyard zone or i'm in like the, the old rundown factory zone or the beach zone or whatever and there's these little like melodies and also instrumentation changes that happen, in all these different intervals. And it it's a very clever a lot thing. Celeste original
1: mm, soundtrack. yeah, And Especially as you as you complete a short hike and you get to the top of the mountain to mm-hmm. essentially fly back down, which sounds boring when you say it that way. But the process and the journey up to the top of the mountain is wonderful. Yeah, and it's a great payoff to float down and the sunset and just the way that the game um, wraps up its its short story. Um, the music is changing all the time and fits with every stage of the journey, like Nick is yeah. saying. So it does remind me a lot of Celeste original soundtrack, which was one of our favorites last year.
0: This is the only game I've ever played that felt like I was actually on vacation, and the music really fits that nicely. Yeah. Like, it's a really just good, like, fulfilling vibe to it, so,
4: yeah. So Nick, is that like your top three?
0: yeah I mean, I filled this spreadsheet out first, I think, so. <laughs> so
1: yeah, for those because you can't see it, our top three currently are Celeste Sayonara, Wild Hearts and a Short Hike. so you know
0: yeah, I mean I, I have probably like a top 20 of music this year. I loved a lot of stuff, but those are I think pretty okay. Hard well we only names. have
4: three uh yeah, final <laughs> choices, so you <laughs> you're gonna have to like remove something uh
0: maybe, or maybe all of you will have to. Yeah. We'll see. Speaking, but of... if you
4: have more than three, you still have to remove something.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, hey, Tyler, down the list? Tyler, tell me about Catherine
1: Fullbody. Okay, going I, for a more week. Catherine.
4: <laughs> okay, Catherine, Catherine's music was my favorite part of the original Catherine. Same, like it is for like modern uh, kind of like smooth jazz. What uh, the Persona games is for like J-pop, basically and it, it does a good job of, like... Because that story is all about Vincent's transition from, like, his 20s to his 30s, like, becoming a young adult man to just a grown-ass man with, like, actual responsibilities and obligations yeah. to other human beings. So it, it, the music kind of reflects the both the stress, like, the relaxation of his old lifestyle where he doesn't really feel like he's... Uh, responsible to his girlfriend like he doesn't really have to like, constantly like check in on her he doesn't really owe her anything and then like he feels the looming pressure like her friends are getting married like, he's like oh shit like this is this like guillotine hanging over my head and it does a nice ebb and flow of the the stress and the calmness of his lifestyle based on the particular uh, moments you're in and I listen to the full body soundtrack. I haven't played a lot of the full body game because it's just it's more of a an expansion where you still have to buy the whole game over again. Oh yeah. It's in that true, like, awful Atlas style. Yep. But yeah, they just add uh, segments to the story. So it's it's more Catherine. And I really like Catherine's music. So, so,
1: so I I wanted curious, to... just out of curiosity, since I never played this, is this soundtrack? Remix, different, new. Are there new set? Uh, uh, there are tracks? new tracks. Okay.
4: There are new tracks because there's a new character. There's new themes in the story. They are adding a bit more uh, complexity to uh, Vincent's uh, quandary between the like light and carefree lifestyle he had before and like the responsibility heavy lifestyle of his future.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Kind of like implying like, hey, this is all more complicated than that. It's not just a binary choice between do I remain an Arrested Development uh, youth or do I grow up? It's not quite as simple because not everyone has that luxury, which is what you see through uh, the new character, Reem who is uh, revealed to be uh, transgender. But So she has her own uh, set of music. There's new themes to that story. So there is new music to this, and I, they are taking some of the themes and some of the, the beats from the earlier soundtrack as well.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: In the interest of time, I think I'm willing to already say I can drop Sekiro and Pokemon from the consideration.
0: Cool. Anyone going to fight that? Um, I no. Think <laughs> I, I would just
1: say that Sekiro has, th- those of you who have not finished the game in full, which will be a not. later discussion for actual placement on the list, I know I will lose that battle, um... That it has a fantastic uh, soundtrack throughout. I think it's a more mature soundtrack than the Souls games. That never really connect Is it less stressful? Because I can't yeah, really I do so.
4: anything when I listen to like Bloodborne soundtrack because it just like <laughs> makes me physically uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> I feel like the Sekiro soundtrack uh, it it leans on your classic like tropey not in a bad way but it does lean on those established tropes for soundtracks for like samurai films and um so kurosawa films and such so it's not like completely original or crazy it's not like uh introducing a bayonetta hard rock kind of soundtrack into a samurai um, um, setting but it's a really well done soundtrack Uh, i think it's great but i also don't it's not going to place. And with Pokemon, I think that it nails, like, it's Pokemon sounds, and it's remixing classic battle themes and catching themes and so on that we've all heard before, so it's not going to win many points. But I do think that the tone that they have there, along with some kind of, like, goth, punky characters that are later gym battles, they, they nail a kind of British feel and punk and pop and rock feel that the British mm-hmm. um, uh, rock Oguar has had since you know Beatlemania and all that. Like it, it, adapts that in a way that is unique for the series, but it's also yeah. you know it's not like groundbreaking stuff.
0: So here's the thing, though. Toby Fox did a song for the game. He did. So why <laughs> is this not our favorite song? Of the... All right, so we we've, we've settled our nomination. Uh, I've heard it. It's it's good, but whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, I I would be fine with dropping those two in the interest of time, and so we can get through a Thank our you. large list.
4: That's very courteous of you. Who else would like to cut something? I cut Catherine, because, yeah, it's yeah. it's more Catherine. I like Catherine, but it's, it's more of that.
0: Yep. I mean, I love Shoji
4: Meguro's stuff. Uh, Which is why I think we should also cut Link's Awakening. Wait, let's talk about that
0: <laughs> a little bit. Those, those arrangements are
3: really cool. They, I see what you did there.
1: One of my favorite parts about um, the Link's... Uh, uh, Link to the past sequel, Link Between Worlds, from years ago, which was one of our GOATI winners, uh, what was that, 2014, 2015?
0: Somewhere around there. It was like third or it was, something. It was number two.
1: Okay. Yeah. I One of my favorite parts I remember saying during those deliberations then was the soundtrack on DS. Mm-hmm. DS. Um, then taking that further in this remake of, not a sequel, but a remake of the Game Boy game, is that those arrangements, as Nick was just saying, in full orchestral format like they're beautiful i've never finished the game i had never honestly gotten through Mm -hmm. um all of Links awakening originally so that's why i think the game held a bit more held my interest more than those who have played it ad nauseum Um, but the soundtrack is excellent zelda classic zelda um, with that Link's Awakening difference and uniqueness, but in full fidelity and higher quality and just beautifully arranged, like kind of the Breath of the Wild soundtrack did for that game. Whoa, now. To life.
2: Whoa, now.
4: So
1: I, I, have have I have to be
2: that guy. I have to come out swinging and be that guy. Be that and guy, Spencer. Where does that fall with regard to our rules for remasters? I think
5: we
4: kind of abandoned. We don't those, really have right? rules. Did we about give remasters? up on it? Okay. This isn't really a remaster. Though. This is a full on remake.
1: Yeah, the really like whole thing remake. was made from the like, like, ground ground up. Later on, we'll be talking about Resident Evil. It's kind of the same thing. That's a, a remake full too. Full remake. Yeah. yeah. A whole new engine of a game remixed in some
0: ways. Whereas Catherine Fullbody is like an expansion upon the original code. So is, so is Celeste. Celeste. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Celeste is Celeste is literally just DLC for a game. I'm not saying okay. it's a brand new. I game. I mean,
2: it's like because on the one hand, you know, I'm all for. Um, you know, hearing old compositions in a new form, in a yeah. form that's more suited to them. At the same time, it's not a new composition, a new arrangement, maybe. But
1: um, well, yeah, when we were yeah. at the start of this discussion of the categories that's kind of what i was saying is like we have a lot of old music being yeah remixed we, do. Or repurposed. we do that's a fair point yeah but yeah. i will say that for *Link's awakening i think it is beautifully done i also am not qualified to compare the original *Link's awakening um chip tunes to the now remixed arrangements so i'm fine to drop it i pretty I much played all my yet. game boy games with the sound off if yeah you tyler and nick because i know you played the original have a thought on that
4: the only Game Boy game I listened to sound on with was Tetris.
0: Okay, I listened to the sound on with every Game Boy game, and I feel pretty comfortable. Yes,
1: Game Boy did
2: have amazing music.
0: It did. Yes. Link's Awakening might have the best um, that I can think
4: of. This or Cadence, though, if we're choosing well, a Zelda game.
1: What, what made me excited about the Link's Awakening, hearing that on the Switch version of remaster, was thinking of the... It, it feels like a progression of Zelda music in general. So like Breath of the Wild was more new, and it, re, it reduced its usage of old classic Zelda songs, in large part, it felt like there was a lot more of incidental music, right? Mm -hmm. Where it was filling in the background. But Link's Awakening was a full-on, like, let's do new compositions of old favorites in this, like, really high-fidelity way. Um, And that's exciting. So it makes me excited for the future of Zelda music, but I also don't know it's that different from the original, to your point.
0: Well, here's what I'll say. As someone who played Link's Awakening obsessively as a kid and has listened to a lot of the soundtrack of the remaster... Or the remake, uh, I watched. So there's a YouTube channel I plugged to a few of you called Eight Bit Music Theory that I love. And there's a recent video that the guy did where he looked at um, the arrangements in this game specifically, and talked about how it's actually a, like not a full orchestra, and it's not just a woodwind like quartet. It's actually a quintet, mm. and the way that the instrumentation kind of comes in and like it's 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 really interesting because like these songs tend to loop really on really short loops in the Game Boy original because of like memory constraints or whatever. Um, and in the remake, uh, there's a lot of variation that will come in, like on, you know, they'll play like verse, chorus, or whatever, and then like in the second time around, a different instrument will have like the, the melody on it or something. And like, it's, it's a minor detail. I don't know if I'm going to say this like needs to be on the top three, but like, there was a lot of thought and care put into it to really try and preserve the spirit and a little, even some of the chip tune sounds of the original while keeping like, you know, bringing this like
4: kind of fresh like the sound chest to Chest opening sounds and yeah. like that, yeah. So yeah. Nick, are either of these games in your top three? Uh no, I would say
0: Link's Awakening is probably my top five. I don't. I think Cadence of is not going to hang. I love those remixes, but I can take that off if everyone's okay with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, same. I mean, Danny Baranowski has does some great stuff. I and this is some. All very of good these
4: stuff. people are unique little snowflakes. They all done amazing work. You <laughs> should praise all of them, but only three of them get to be chosen.
1: Okay. So, we so let's talk about Apex Legends. Yeah, we've made some strong cuts. <laughs> I've made some. I,
2: I was actually about to say that. So for the record, um Stephen Barton was one of the composers on Modern Warfare, which I think in terms of military shooters has one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. Um That being said, yeah. It's I, you know, it does a good job of making it sound like both a military shooter and a game show, which it is. Um, I think it's modern, it's fresh, it's interesting, it echoes Titanfall, uh, the Titanfall and Titanfall 2 soundtracks, which he also worked on, um, well, making it clear, you know, this is kind of a new era, it's not the same conflict that we're, we're used to, um, but all that being said, um, Yeah, we can get rid of it. I pretty much just put it in there
4: because that <clears> main theme that you hear when you're, like, getting into a game and you're, like, jetpacking down gets you pumped up. That's good. Yeah, it, it, it does, it does the job. amp
2: you the fuck like, up.
4: And if, if, if you, you had an audio representation of a hype man, that's what yeah. it feels like. You feel like you have a dude, like, on your back, like, cheering you on, like, yeah, dog, you got this!
5: <laughs> like, yeah,
4: I'm gonna win this time! And then I lose, like, yeah, yeah. five yeah. minutes yeah, in. You but, in my case, but still... You in that moment that is how i feel moves. like i could
5: <laughs> <laughs> so, so i think it's a very what, effective piece What of
1: i'm thinking game. of like this year with all of the strong nominees to me i guess it takes on a bit of a of a higher level analysis that i want to i'm thinking of the soundtracks that aren't just you know whether they are remakes or recompositions of classics or they're entirely original like in the case of apex like is any what is the music here that is going to stick with us after 2019 is iconic enough because we have so many nominees that oh, defines yeah. maybe not this year but like defines the current state of um a music composition and what artists are doing that's original and unique and will mm-hmm. outlast this year considering the rest of the strong nominees that we have so many in this category and like I don't apex. I lo- I enjoy the time that I had with it, and we yeah. Spencer, Nick, and I, and um, I know Tyler separately, have played this a lot. Yeah. Um, this year, and we enjoyed the game. For other discussion, we'll have about game of the year in general, but the music is not what stuck with me. So I just wonder, because like if you think about that too, like the soundtrack may be good, but how many people play when they are uh, with friends and like a Twitch channel or whatever? Like how many turn the volume down on the game? Well, yeah to, I, I, not that that has to and, be anything and admittedly, like, as fair. much as
2: i as much as i love the soundtrack i don't have sound i don't have music on like i have other music that i listen to because as good as the amp up it just is, reduces
1: the iconography of that music to me where it's like you're I, it's a background shooter that you end up live streaming with your friends anyway. i mean
0: that's some people for me i love the music on because the music gets me pumped up and if
4: i didn't have that i wouldn't want to
0: play the game that as isn't. much
4: Does me playing Celeste without music, does that mean that I don't enjoy or appreciate Lena Raine's music as much? Because I disagree with that premise. Sure. If you play a game enough, if you're focused enough, sometimes you just want to uh, eliminate other audio distractions. It's not a slight against the quality of that music. It just 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 means you're trying to...
1: I guess I'm trying to tie the music of the game itself with the overall experience of the game and if i'm already playing something on mute it's less memorable to me anyway so it's not as i, I cannot agree. spencer
4: and i have already cut apex i'm just saying that your logic right now is not uh, one that i agree with in terms of how we nominate these games that's
2: fair yeah. I mean, boulder's gate 2 had an amazing soundtrack but i also first played it um one year for Christmas when I had also received a voodoo glow skulls album. (laughs) Uh, Does that mean that Baldur's Gate 2 has bad music? I don't think. I think it does based on. So here's what I'll say. It means that 16 year old me had terrible taste in music, but that's neither here nor there. Here's
0: what I'll say as an end cap to this, which is, I think, you know, in hearing both Aaron and Tyler talk about this, I think we all have different approaches to game music. Um, Like I think you know, at least the three of us I know will listen to it like while we're working or in like our free time too. But I've been one of those people for whatever reason. I just never turn the music off, even if I think it's terrible. Even if I'm playing like Just Cause One or something, like I keep that on because I don't don't, even have any memories of that game. Yeah, I just remember wasting a lot of my life with it and thinking it sucked. But um, my point being, like you know, everyone approaches these things differently, and I think one of the 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 valuable parts of this discussion for me is that. This category is different things to different people, and so I think it's an opportunity for us to bring our different, like, kind of approaches to music, all to the same table, and kind of try and figure out, you know, like, what do we think really kind of? I think as Aaron kind of said, like, what really will stand the test of time, or what really meant the most to
4: games and I'm, game music this year. I'm thinking about cutting Fire Emblem Three Houses because it's a very good anime soundtrack. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, good. Uh, I no disrespect to uh, Kanazaki-san, but. Yo, like <laughs> that's
1: a great episode. It's one there. of
4: those.
0: I'm thinking about cutting uh, later Alligator, even though I love it to death. That music is great. But Likewise, I'm. It's canon. I'll
1: cut. In
4: order. I'll cut Gears Five because, like we we mentioned, uh, J- Jawadi's uh, nice resume. It is probably the most mature uh, soundtrack Gears has had yet. And I think it helps a lot in enabling Gears 5 to deliver on the emotional moments that I always found kind of laughable in yeah. previous uh, Gears games. Oh, God, yeah. So Gears 5 is most likely my favorite Gears game. Wow. But that soundtrack is mm-hmm. is good. It's a good, like, kind of like Hollywood-sounding soundtrack.
5: Cool.
4: I, I wouldn't call it like super distinct. It's great to study, too. <laughs> Okay. But like when I listened to it uh when I was writing, it's not like any of those tracks like it's oh I remember familiar, this part of the right? game.
1: In that way. It's kinda of familiar, like you're saying, with Hollywood Bob Bassett, right? movie soundtrack. He so has a
4: cool. style and it is in that style. It is very mm-hmm. Westworld a very Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah. It's good music. Like I was listening to those clips today and you know, it doesn't really stand out to me as distinct and I'm sure it kinda of just but I'm sure it fits the game really well. Like the parts I play, the music fit great and But uh, my, my yeah.
4: favorite game music and we'll talk about this when we get to Kingdom Hearts, mm. uh, reminds me of a specific game. It reminds me of a specific moment in those games. Like, oh shit, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, Trails of Cold Steel. Did anyone play that? No. Why is it on here? It's, it's on here because, like, <laughs> I have a...
0: okay here, anime music. Let me tell you a story. So. I, <laughs> oh, uh, Jesus. It'll take, like, ten seconds. Uh, I have okay. played the first Trails in the Sky. I thought it was pretty cool. I played, like, five hours. Uh my friend Ben is a gigantic fan of this series and he was like, Look, this soundtrack fucking rips and gave me a bunch of music to listen to and I listened to it, and then I, I think I forgot to share the link with you guys. <laughs> so uh I'm gonna cut it right now because it probably wouldn't have hang hung even if we like actually all listened to it. But if you like your JRPG Nihon Falcom stuff, boy, that's sure as that. I'm sure what if it I has don't? Merit, yeah. Well then you can just skip it.
5: <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I said before we can drop Jedi Fallen Order. Um, Nick and I were talking in in our channel that The Mandalorian, as far as current Star Wars properties, is doing more interesting things with Star Wars music and making it unique and new. To me, The
4: Mandalorian feels like the only thing that remembers why Star Wars was actually created, which is just a pastiche of like samurai and westerns with sci-fi. Everyone else seems to have forgotten that. And then the show comes out, it's like, oh, right! That's why people liked Star Wars. Oh yeah, Uh, yeah.
1: George Lucas watched a bunch of Kurosawa films. Thought Hidden Fortress had some good points, and let's make this. Yeah, like. (laughs) But how does Baby Yoda fit in the Kurosawa? (laughs) Well.
4: uh, Wolf and cub. Oh right. Yeah. yeah, There you go.
1: Yeah. You nailed it.
3: So this is also before Japan discovered uh, marketing and merchandising.
1: So Jedi Final Order is more in line with the classic John Williams scores, and um, I think it's remarkable what they did for adding to that uh, well-known, extremely well-known, probably overly well-known soundtrack, um, and not completely reusing it. Uh, the swells and the leitmotifs and all the things that they've done throughout the entire game are really well done they fit that era of after revenge of the sith before a new hope Um, it's familiar which is it's probably downfall in that sense it feels like star wars but if you take a step back and listen to it and realize it is actually new music that feels extremely familiar that's one of the first soundtracks i've heard at least game-wise that Feels like John Williams without John Williams ever touching that score, mm. and without like some of the old uh, Star Wars games on PC just reusing original Star I think Wars that's... music in MIDI form. So, but that aside, I don't think it's better than uh, the other music on this list. So, I just wanted to say that before we drop it.
4: I think that's one of the reasons that I don't really care for the new trilogy's music because it's just trying so hard to yeah. ape that old style. I mean, it's literally John Williams, right?
1: Yeah, he's he's getting in there before he croaks. I mean, not not to be harsh, but he's like <laughs> Look, they're got to get paid. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to get him in and do the soundtracks for sure. So, but yeah, Jedi Fallen Order has good music. It feels like Star Wars. The game feels like Star Wars, which is a whole other problem that we'll talk about um,
4: later. Mm. Who nominated Mito-Zion? Uh Me. Tell me about that because I played about an hour
0: of it, and I'd love to hear your thoughts
1: it's um i think the first hour is is, does not serve the game overall very well Mm -hmm. like you have to push through it to get more out of it to finish the essentially seven chapters like week of time that kai the protagonist is on the island Mm -hmm. um but that soundtrack is similar to me like a short hike where it fits the theme the jungle um unknown um mysterious vibe and each character ends up kind of having a theme um it's just a very simplistic kind of for lack of a better term exotic um arrangement of different you know um, hand drums and flutes and chimes and things and it's just it's pleasant it's nice to listen to it's not available on spotify otherwise i'd be listening to it like in my work playlist Mm-hmm. Um, but it was probably my favorite part of the game throughout, so that's what stuck with me the most. I think it's, you know, not, not in previous years when we talked about uh, Deepwood Fabric was Sports Friends, right? Yeah. Our winner in 2014. Mm-hmm. Me not caring about their, that game, yeah. that experience, and then realizing now that this, you know, tra- kind of traditional adventure game. Uh, that they're able to put out amazing music was just kind of revelatory for me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they have... this studio has a lot of range. They can mm-hmm. do some excellent soundtracks and excellent music and sound effects and so on. So I just think it was overall a very well-crafted um, soundtrack throughout the entire experience that fit what they were trying to do very well. Cool. But, um, Aaron, but what I'm are
4: your top three right now?
1: Um, for soundtracks, I would probably say... Um, even though I was not a fan overall of the gameplay experience, I thought Sayonara was really well done. I can't deny that. Um, I'd say, um, Mutazione, and then from what else I've played on the list, honestly, um, I can't remember the Goose Game music. Oh. We, we want talk- to talk about that. We'll have to talk about that for sure. But, um, I would say, I guess, Legend of Zelda, just because, or, sorry. Which one? Uh, I should say Sayonara, <laughs> A Short Hike. And Mutaziani. Um, okay. I, I totally skipped over a short hike, not because I didn't just say great things about the soundtrack. I was reading the list. Cool. So, Legend of Zelda will be my fourth, but you know, I think we can probably cut that unless Nick, you feel uh, passionate about keeping it.
0: I just haven't played it, and just to really experience the music in context is pretty important for me. So, I don't know if I can really stand up for it. Yeah. Um, I think it's okay to drop that. Yeah. I think we just lost all our formatting on the cell.
4: Yeah, it's pretty obnoxious.
0: Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, looks like, uh, you're editing in there, Tyler. So you can also cut out, uh, Eliza if you'd like. Um, I thought the music fit the game very well. What was notable for me was the, the person who wrote the whole game, like all the dialogue designed it, uh, also did all the music composition. And so like when there's a big, like a, a subtle story twist or you start to like see a dark side of somebody emerging, the music fits really, really well. It's all timed and paced very nicely to the events that are happening.
4: Which um, game are we talking about right now? Eliza. Eliza. Okay.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite games of the year, but um, I'm not sure that... The, the music's great. It's a big part of the game, but I don't think it hangs with the top three here. Just trying there, to...
1: There's just so much cool stuff happening with music this year. So we're good with dropping Eliza and Zelda, sounded like?
0: I think so. And Le- Link's Awakening? Yeah. Yeah, we already okay. dropped
4: Cadence right
1: i think um i'm curious do you
4: want to keep dicey dungeons
1: well before that i was curious to hear about um outer wilds yeah yeah a lot to say there or
4: yeah i mean
0: there's a lot to say about this for top 10 i think um but what i'll say is that audio is a big part of this game and um music in particular uh so two things here. One is I've been learning a lot about interfaces lately for a job I'm doing, and uh, and also about like audio, and, like visual visualizing and sonifying data is a big thing right now for me. Mm-hmm. And so Outer Wilds does a really great job of telling you through audio like th- exactly what's happening with your ship, uh, the tr- trajectory you're on, the impact you might be exactly. facing from hitting a rock if you go too fast, stuff like that. Like there's a lot of cues there. The other thing is that um, the game is thematically very heavily linked to music and musical instruments in particular like you know if you play the first hour you know that like you can pick up these signals of different instruments that are being played on other planets and those correspond to other explorers right um though that kind of role of music to denote like familiarity and comfort versus like you know hostility or unfamiliarity is used really interestingly throughout the game and uh not to talk about the ending too much, but that kind of comes back in a really interesting way there. You're going to gonna have to talk up.
4: about the ending eventually. I know. Yeah,
0: I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but like, yeah, it's 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 a part of it, I'll say. Uh, I think we can probably cut it, though. I don't think it's in my top three. I just think it needed to be talked about. Uh, where did we land on with Goose Game? I think we should talk about the fact that that's all dynamic um, Chopin, right?
1: Sure, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty
2: cool. Yeah, I'm into it. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> I think that might be are talking offering. about
1: Technically, it's, it's fantastic. It's how <laughs> they, I mean, yeah, literally, technically, mm-hmm. how they have made the, like you said, interactive music um, as you're performing actions, as you're the goose, as it's completely generated based off of your play that's really
0: cool it's so delightful too like every time you try because that game is all about like trying like getting like a mis- mischievous idea in your head like what if i did this really shitty thing to this kid and then you do it and the music just like has this little like piano blip and you're like oh it knows i did a bad thing and then like it kind of <laughs> continues to reward that i think it's essential
3: yeah um, i loved yeah. playing through it with the music on because it yeah it there's no other sound it's just the music there's not much like fully well, of and there's then and, and the honking that's it so it's really yeah. all that you need, and it tells the story so well. Like the piano ripping up a bit when somebody would be yelling at you in the game. is mm-hmm. that, that tells everything that you need to know.
0: Yeah, I think this game has to be on this list. What about uh, So like, which of your
4: I top three best? would you drop, Nick? Uh, I would probably drop... Um, of the remaining ones, let's see. Uh, your top three right now are
0: Celeste, Sayonara, and Short Hike. I think I'll probably drop Celeste because I got its propers last year.
3: Yep. Cool.
1: <laughs> Tight.
3: Can we drop that right now then? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: from what's left, it seems like Nick has a few more games to talk about. Yeah, like let's. Stranding a dicey dungeon, right? Yeah, l-
0: let's just read the list real quick. So for our listeners, um, so the what remains right now are Cyanara, Wild Hearts, uh, uh, a short hike. Uh, Mutazione, Death Stranding, Kingdom Hearts 3, Untitled Goose Game, and Dicey Dungeons. So, someone was asking me about Dicey Dungeons.
1: And yeah, Death Stranding, just curious.
0: Yeah, Death Stranding, I would love to hear Tyler's thoughts on that too, but I'll say for Dicey Dungeons, uh, it's a banging soundtrack. <laughs> Rules. I listen okay. to it a CBS lot. Yes, banger? Uh, it fits the game no. super well too. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna hang here. Like, I don't know if anyone here really spent like the time I did with it, but... Uh, I've spent
4: some time with it. Music's fine. I wouldn't call it
0: best of the year, but... I mean, it's hard to compare, like, I don't know. I just, I think it's a great soundtrack. Everyone should listen to it.
4: The
5: end, you can cut it.
0: <laughs> hey, Tyler. <laughs> Yo. What about Kingdom Hearts? Yeah. We
1: got yeah. To what about
4: Kingdom Hearts, Doug? <laughs> Tyler, let me face my fear. Yo, like, Nobuo Uematsu left Square after uh, Final Fantasy X, and i think it's taken them a super long time to recover from that loss musically like 13's soundtrack was garbage uh 12 uh basically had the same composer as tactics and he was just contracted to the company he hasn't stuck with them he moved on to uh valkyria chronicles which also has great music but that was not this year um and I think Yoko Shimura has really stepped up to the plate as like the composer for Square Enix. Like her music for *Near Automata* was mm-hmm. incredible and did some really great things with the beats of that story and the gameplay. Like that's a soundtrack I still find myself returning to. And *Kingdom Hearts* always had uh, pretty good music. I remember the just letting the title theme for the original PS2 game just linger on the TV. Back in the old days, because I just thought that title theme was just so chill, and this game that took for fucking ever to come out, like thirteen the last, years, yeah. yeah, two was on the PlayStation Two, <laughs> and so when they announced this and they announced that fucking Tetsuya Nomura was directing it, I was like, ha, that shit ain't ever coming out, and then it came out in like inside of three years, and I was like, damn. <laughs> they fucking figure their shit out, I guess. But uh, so the, music. the music is all about nostalgia. and Because it's, it's still Disney. Mm-hmm. And it's all about echoing the previous themes of the past. And it shows the development of Sora across the game. But also, she does such a great job of mingling those Kingdom Hearts themes with Disney. And she does it in such an eloquent way that it doesn't feel forced. Like, it actually allows you to accept this anime ass character just popping up in Disney World's like, yo, what can I do to help? And then Elsa's just like, you just stand over there while I sing my shit. But still, like, it's just the way it all fits together. It's like, it shouldn't work. There's no reason why this should work. Why does it work? And it works because of all that stuff in the background. Because of the hard work of stuff like the music that does to make all this stuff gel together like this isn't even peanut butter and jelly this is like fucking peanut butter and pickles and you're like that's gross why would you do that why would you ruin peanut butter and pickles but somehow I want more peanut butter and pickles now
1: alright you so, me. well
4: also it's got a new Utada Hikaru uh, song with Skrillex so, and again <laughs> that is some peanut butter and pickles bullshit like why would you ruin Utada with fucking Skrillex but that song slaps <laughs> Guys, it
1: guys, it guys, it, guys, it guys. does slap. <laughs> we do hear from Spencer on this as the chief more anime officer of Celestia. This guy more oh, like kingdom it. farts. <laughs>
3: Whoa! Wait, 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 wait. That, Spencer, go ahead.
2: I, I more like kingdom farts. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> Breathe into the. That's all I got. So, uh,
1: am I? Am I? So I remember. So Megan that game she finished kingdom hearts 3 i was there for on and off as she was playing it this year um i don't like i i know that there was disney music in that and there yeah. was anime versions of disney music i'm not trying to disparage it entirely because tyler i hear what you're saying and it sounds like it's a super important and especially for square enix itself of having a more stable composer that can develop the games further but I just like I'm not interested in the soundtrack because it just does new things with existing canon. It's almost kind of like the Links Awakening thing earlier where it did new things with the with a classic soundtrack, but that isn't necessarily enough for me to think like this is the best soundtrack of this year or this is going to yeah. be I I could be wrong because I'm not a fan of the series really, but it's is it really iconic for from now for going forward? Like is this going to be a soundtrack that people refer to other than the extreme hardcore fans of Kingdom Hearts 3?
0: here's what I'll say as someone who played about 10 hours of Kingdom Hearts 3 um, that Skrillex and Utada Hikaru song is fucking great uh, there's a few like the, the Kingdom hearts parts of the music are pretty good I love I think Shimomura is like probably the best composer on this list right now but all the Disney shit just did not work for me I don't think the Kingdom Hearts didn't infusions cover, the anime infusions didn't work too? I didn't get that awful. far but I'm sure it was was that in there Tyler?
1: Like it wasn't the original version, was it? Let it go. Let it go from Frozen.
4: In the original release of three. Yeah.
1: Like I thought it is. But is it the original version of Let It Go? I just I'm trying to remember a scene where she was playing that, and it seemed like it was the like bargain bin Walmart version of. Oh yeah. I mean.
4: Yeah. I'm not a Frozen expert. I'm like. 90% Ninety percent sure that is, in fact, Edina Menzel. Oh well, she needs to go. She's she ain't that big for her britches. <laughs> Can't be doing <laughs> video game music. I don't know. Okay. I think she's remember... she's no uh, Danny DeVito who couldn't be fucked to make an appearance yeah, to <laughs> join we, the Hercules.
1: Level, can we yeah. can
0: we talk about how Tom Hanks's brother plays Woody in the Toy Story parts? And apparently that's like what he does. And it's a really I don't know. There's something really profound about that. That's he does a pretty <laughs> spot-on impression of him. Yeah, brother, to be fair. If, if, sure. I,
1: if my brother was Tom Hanks, I would gladly do his voice work sure. for half the cost. If that,
0: yeah, uh, let him like focus on his typewriters or whatever. Yeah. Just, yeah, Um I don't know. The Gummy Ship music sucks. A lot of the like <laughs> Disney <laughs> remix stuff sucks. Uh, there are parts I really like, like Traverse Town. Here in Traverse Town again, the remix is nice. I just but isn't
1: I, that the thing, is it's like I'm hearing a lot of it's a remix, yeah. a remix in-
0: I just don't think this is a top three for me.
4: The the deeper you go in the game, there there is more original music because this this actually is like a crescendo on Sora's story. Okay. Like the end it ends in such a way that there's there's clearly going to be more Kingdom Hearts. Like oh, they shit. are not done with this. Of the course. And but to they actually percentage. somehow managed to wrap up Sora's story, or at least it seems like it's wrapped up. Like it, 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 there's more than enough there that could continue on with other characters. Then
1: we can get Kingdom
5: Hearts and, and fucking Haley
4: Joel Osment's an old man now.
5: Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, he did great work in Silicon Valley.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> great Palmer Lucky pastiche. <laughs> um, so, okay, how about we talk about Death Stranding and then we make a decision here?
3: Yep, we need um, to talk about Death
0: Stranding. I don't... I, I'm 45 hours into the game now. I'm at the very end right now, and... I don't think that the original soundtrack is something that I would put in the top three here. I think it's fine.
5: Oh, I think okay.
0: I think the licensed music is really special in the way it's used. Um, where you know, this is a game that's about being alone for long periods of time. It's really meant to be about doing a lot of work by yourself. The, the experience is trying to convey in my mind is like that of being isolated and of trying to like help people keep going even though everyone's all fucked up and nobody knows how to like socialize anymore or communicate or leave their homes even. And so like at these just like perfect moments where like you just get past a really dangerous section. You just crest a mountain. You just get off the phone with someone who's an asshole who's probably manipulating you. And then like this really chill song comes in from like Lil Roar. And you're like, I don't know this band, but they've got like 50 songs in here. and They're all really chill. And it's just a really nice thing. That's all I want to say. It does
4: really deliver on those moments like kind of the same way that uh red dead did with yeah. some of its license tracks mm-hmm. where you're just kind of exhausted you're just you just want to go home i guess and putting that in air quotes and yeah when you crest that mountain and you see that yeah. <laughs> you see that uh base that you're currently marching towards mm-hmm. and you know like you're not there yet but you're almost there you're you, gonna get it, there. it seems
0: it seems doable the game is telling you you're gonna get there the music coming in it's a really cool thing i i I don't know if it's going to be a top three thing but i just it's really neat and i i I think you know in terms of things i'll be thinking about for years to come on this list like that's probably in my top three most memorable and how many top threes for music do you have nick 17
3: (laughs) so so is that best moment or is that best soundtrack uh best music
4: well i wouldn't it's not really a singular moment though because now it
0: it keeps it's, happening. It's a it's a theme throughout the game, yeah. It just mm. keeps happening. There is and a part I where you do a very long walk and then a bunch of new music plays all at once, and that's
4: a really cool thing. The original song that uh, Ludwig uh, Forsell composed, uh, be'es theme, that comes up a lot through yeah. uh, Mad Nicholson's character and throughout the song, and I think that song works really well with the story. Mm-hmm. Very effective trailer piece, too. Um,
1: mm-hmm. So I feel like... The big dogs are going to have to fight out the Death stranding Kingdom Hearts Goose Game thing. So I'm fine to drop the um, Tazione, but keep a short hike. I think a short hike is a stronger soundtrack. Yeah,
0: I agree with that. Uh, I would vote for. Should we start saying like what our top threes are and see where we land?
3: Well, also we should make this quick because this is just the first. I already are labeled
1: names. Yeah, this yeah. Is always the this
3: last quick.
4: I've put names next to what remains, so we can see top threes. Doug and Spencer haven't really <laughs> weighed in in any capacity.
2: I mean, I, I don't really have a, a horse well, in
1: this race. Goose so. Game, I know Doug
2: could be the speaker. I, I do like Goose Game it's quite a bit, a, yeah. but the I other one, think Goose the, Game is going to place high in the top ten. And Sinara, Doug, you played.
1: So.
3: Yeah, I, I finished that. I love that. That's a fantastic
4: soundtrack I might actually go get. Yeah, That seems the most likely uh, winner. I would say that's my number one with the bullet. It's not my number one, but it's definitely my number one of my top three.
1: Yeah, it's, I'm I'm fine with it winning. I think it's it's a music like it's a music Oh, Tyler, game, why'd you do that? Game, you just you ruined the Google Doc there.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> administrative administrative errors. Um, I think Sainara. Like, if the music wasn't good, that whole experience would have been shit. Yeah. I think they did a fantastic job of picking and creating music for it. Again, we'll talk about later how yeah. I felt about the gameplay part, but I can't deny that the soundtrack itself and the music experience, what they put on you know, on the screen that you interact with, is very well done. And I think well, the corollary to it is also what they did with Goose Game, Yeah, to the point they were talking about earlier about how it uses, uh, how gameplay affects the soundtrack and creates this kind of like unique soundtrack when you're yeah. playing, uh, using Chopin, which is just nuts, um, but it fits that game itself, um, as you can hear what I've been talking about earlier. Like, I'm, it's not just the best music that was in the game, but how the music fits within the style, tone, execution of the game itself. How it serves the gameplay. Right. Um, you know, something like I'm just going to say, you know, Kingdom Hearts Three. Like, it serves the gameplay, but it feels like it's. A bombastic extra like it's a special effect for the overall experience and maybe to to someone who is more of a disney fan a kingdom hearts fan it does mean a lot more but to me it's not like improving the gameplay as i'm playing it i could play that game on mute for example even though i said earlier i wouldn't do that um i could play that game on mute and not feel like i've lost anything of the gameplay experience but you mm-hmm. couldn't play goose game or sayonara on mute to that let's be
4: one. fair though you're not playing kingdom hearts 3 at all
1: I tried to get a trophy, um, since Megan had mostly completed the trophies for me, I tried to get, like, the dancing minigame trophy, and I tried, uh, it was, I think, Frozen, I don't know, what, it, Rapunzel, who gives a fuck, and <laughs> that was, like, some of the worst gameplay mechanics I've seen in a long time, like a dancing minigame and a trophy, and I was just like, who plays this shit? So, that was I And mean,
0: that's my entire review of Kingdom Hearts 3, so... Yeah. <laughs>
1: But Megan enjoy oh. it, so I'm not taking that away from her. I also yes to your point. Clearly you are. Yeah.
0: I played a fair bit of it. Well, her
1: game of the year is Untitled Goose Game, I have to say. Okay. Early early votes there, but
0: I would say probably most people on this planet who played a game this year that was called Untitled Goose Game would call it their game of the year.
1: Yeah. Um so does it sound does it seem like Death Stranding and Kingdom Hearts are kind of the low hanging fruit here to figure out? if they belong with our Sayonara, Short Hike, and Goose Game. Because then we'd have to figure out between... I feel like a
0: Short Hike, uh, Stranding, and Kingdom Hearts are the three that are most up for debate, is my sense. Is that fair? Sure. Okay, so let's put Goose Game as a runner-up. For now. And, um, yeah, I, I just... I think of those three... I, I my votes
1: A Short Hike yeah it's my favorite listen to soundtrack from a game this year um, but it also fit the game very well too I think it's a dual purpose soundtrack but
0: I would gladly cut Death Stranding to narrow things down I wouldn't would you cut Death Stranding before Kingdom Hearts or vice versa
4: I already cut Kingdom Hearts yeah. oh you did I can't see <laughs> that I, I, I... I, I felt like that's a, a losing uh, fight there, but Kingdom Hearts and Death Stranding with Sayonara are my top three.
0: Okay. I mean, I do like Death Stranding's music a lot, and the use of music is really inspired.
4: And I I did like the original uh, compositions by Ludwig Furselle. I thought it was a good... Um, like, it has that kind of, Even though it's supposed to take place in America, like, it has this very, like, future Scandinavian kind of feel, like, just kind of, mm-hmm. like wandering this extremely like volcanic rocky uh countryside
5: Mm
4: -hmm. it does feel kind of alienating and isolating
1: in a way is there a debate on tone and feeling between that and a short hike like if it captures that feeling well a short hike captures that feeling of exploration excitement adventure very well too
0: i think it's tricky though because a short hike takes place over like two to three hours and Death journey takes place over like 40 to 80 volume of
1: music is not disputable Yeah. right
0: so the role of music and how often you'll hear a theme and that kind of stuff has to be a lot different necessarily i think and um i did you know it's it's tough for me because like with death Stranding, i can't pick out really a whole lot of melodies if you ask me to like talk about the original compositions but i'm sure if i heard them in context i'd be like oh yeah that was really impactful mm-hmm. that really fit that character or that mood
4: so i mean i talked about how when i listen to good video game music i'm reminded of specific games and specific moments and death stranding soundtrack does have that effect on me even for what i've played so far which is less than you nick
0: mm-hmm.
4: um i'm okay however you all want to vote it on this between these two Look, it, it's had... between yeah, it's between a short hike and it's between uh, death stranding. So it comes down to what do Spencer and Doug want to see as another runner up? Hmm. Be... Churches or another bird game?
0: I have I will say I've not heard the churches song yeah. yet. Chiverches.
4: Chiverches. Don't be like Dan Riker, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, don't. It,
3: that's
1: yeah. that was a joke also on Comedy Bang Bang. With starring on the podcast and it
4: wasn't funny there either
1: it was yeah you're right (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know i i'm so lukewarm on death Stranding in general so i don't feel like yeah it's my place to say so i don't know if doug and spencer can weigh in sight on seeing them both
2: i mean i love churches so that's gonna (laughs) throw a little bit of
0: it's one song from them
2: yeah i know i know um, One original I guess I'd song. be fine with it being a runner up. Again, I I don't have a whole lot to say in this category.
3: Yeah. I, I tried listening to some of the short hike music a little bit ago, and I mean, it's, it sure sounds like it's nice and good, but it's kind of tough without the context. Yeah. And Death Stranding, it sounds like it has an original score that's okay, and then the use of license music. Use of licensed music. Didn't we start out this whole topic? bagging on games that had nothing but licensed music like tony hawk
1: no,
5: jokingly it's more that it seems. Okay. like there were i know
3: i'm, I'm just saying like <laughs> you can use licensed music to very good effect and yeah. sometimes or original music by known artists in this case
0: okay how about this i'll throw my weight behind death stranding all right thank you
4: now we can move on thank god art direction yeah uh, do you want to read off the nominees here? Uh, Dicey Dungeon, Cyanar Wild Hearts, A Short Hike, Later Alligator, Mutazion, Gears 5, Outer Wilds, Control, Ace Combat 7, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Dragon Quest 11, East Shade, I heard of that one, and Eliza. Yeah. Um... So that sure is a list of games. East Shade so very familiar choices.
0: I'll just say real quick East Shade is a game that is probably not going to win here, but I think is really neat. It's a game about painting. It's kind of like uh, like oblivion, but you're a painter and everyone's an animal and you talk to them and help them solve problems.
4: Oh right, that thing.
0: It's really pretty. I shared some screenshots with you all. I don't think it's in my top three, so we can probably just you know do
4: the thing we do uh dragon quest 11 yeah um they, aaron, they do a good job of getting that akira toriyama look in hd which so, dragon ball fighters already did
0: let, let's come back to dragon quest aaron just stepped up for just a moment i know he's going to want to talk about that but i have some more to say there
4: um so i shouldn't cut pokemon yet
0: <laughs> i guess not <laughs> or the this Pokemon's, is the
4: best time to cut pokemon, pokemon
0: stan will return momentarily uh, it's pokemon but it's bigger
4: yeah uh Here's I'm more just Ace Combat Seven, which is high fidelity top gun. You're yeah. you're
3: all you're asking about the ones that Aaron put on the list right now, so this is kind of tough.
4: Yeah. Oh, I know I, I know what I'm doing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he knows exactly what i doing. Striking
0: by night. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, does anyone like let's start here maybe. Like what what's your number one, anybody? Just call it out. Control.
2: Control looks very cool. I really look forward to playing that someday when my brain works. Um,
0: I would say Control's art direction is the only
4: thing I unreservedly love about that game. Control uh, reached levels of like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where I took so many screenshots that I created a folder on my computer of wallpapers just based on screenshots that I have acquired from that game. So many this is the like, design shots of it is, even out of context.
3: And it's not just that it has some pretty high up like graphical fidelity tricks on PS4 Pro or Xbox One X or PCs that are battle stations. Um, it's, it's that they've designed everything to be looking like a generic three letter governmental organization, but gone completely down the rabbit
4: hole. Mm -hmm. No, it goes so much farther than that, too, because it leans so heavily into that brutalist aesthetic. Yep, exactly. Like, it it goes beyond just, like, your assumption of what bureaucracy looks like. It, like, makes you appreciate the, the beauty of that kind of, like, that level of efficiency. And there's this weird feeling, like, after a big firefight where there's just, like, debris everywhere and you've like torn chunks of concrete like from the walls to like throw at your enemies and I almost kind of feel bad because like this environment was so pristine and I'm like oh I kind of ruined it
0: <laughs> I know and your tax
4: dollars are going to pay for the repairs they, it's a
1: good red faction <laughs> guerrilla court.
4: We'll talk about this later, but there are documents you can find that explain the budget of the Federal Bureau of Control, and it's wild, and I have never felt more invested in the, like, pickups, the, like, lore pickups in a game that I have in control. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Uh,
0: While you were out for a moment, Aaron, we asked about Ace Combat 7. Uh Tell me about that.
1: Uh, it's more of a statement on the fidelity. Okay. Right? It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It, planes look like planes. <laughs> it's uh, Always important. really hot looking war stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just really, it's, it looks great. The, so, I didn't put this here as a photo mode because there isn't an official photo mode, but when you finish a game, uh, a match, a level, whatever. You can do a slow-motion replay, kind of a camera control. I don't know if that's a serious thing. I've never really played the original, uh, the other games. But um, in going back through and doing slow motion and taking screenshots from my computer manually of those, like the fidelity of rockets launching and chafe um, and strafing and fog. Chaff. And chaff, whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs>
2: Chafe
5: implies something very different. It's a different <laughs> public, public space.
1: Yeah. Um, give me flashbacks to the one time, like, I think on our first podcast, I said Sagu and not Segway. So thank you. Um, but point is that it looks fucking fantastic graphically, but, you know, it's it's replicating real life war machines. Mm-hmm. So it, you can drop it.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: but. I feel like already I'm rolling, <laughs> I'm rolling over pretty easy on these categories, so, you know, don't expect that for the rest of this. Sure. I
0: mean, I asked while you were uh, away for a moment, like, what do you have a number one?
1: Um, number one, I guess... Number one. <laughs> I would lean probably toward Control, but a close second mm. would be Mutazione. Yeah. Okay. okay,
0: okay. I see what you're doing.
1: What about Cyanara Wildheart? I think that I my... Uh, wait, objection.
4: Leading the witness. <laughs> <laughs> abstain.
1: I think my, my juice, the reserves I had for uh, my positive critiques of that game were spent on the music category. Alright, I'll take my one where I get it. <laughs> uh, that's fine. We can
0: talk about this for a top ten.
1: Uh, I also feel like a Short Hike is a kind of a weak nominee here. Yeah, like, it's, it's very cute. cute. But yeah, it's It's real cute.
0: It looks great, actually, as a whole, too.
4: Yeah. Someone called it an N64 Animal Crossing spinoff, and I was like, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, I can can see that. Sure.
0: That's spot on.
1: I feel bad, like, just, this doesn't mean anything, but I feel bad that the game is probably going to get a little bit shafted. This year just it's probably not gonna make the top ten it hasn't made categories wow. so far, but we're, we're not, we're for not, for not sure. there yet. I know don't give up on your doggings. I'm just saying that I think it's a really fantastic game and I hope that it gets recognized it's some way. It's just a nice game. Yeah. The art direction and the music are it's just such fun. a nice
4: boy. It's yeah, fun. exactly. It's like your grandma would be so proud of this game.
1: <laughs> Why is a video game?
4: What's your number three Aaron Pokemon, Dragon Quest?
1: Um I feel like it's Pokemon just because Dragon Quest I loved so much last year. I find it hard to kind of nominate in the art direction, so I'm curious to hear more from, if not now. Dude, those monster
0: like... animations are yeah. so good. So
1: hearing more from Nick, who's now got to experience the game in full this year, where yeah. that was me like last year and earlier this year. Sure, I did love the game. I think it's unfortunate that we hadn't finished it last year um, yeah. to get it maybe placed but I don't know that the art direction itself is what sticks with me. Um, so I would say Pokemon, it's, just because I think it does a good, like I said earlier about music, it really nails the feeling of that British Isles, UK sort of feeling. Um, the new back to animations, like you said. So it's overcast
4: guys. all the time. Yeah.
0: Got I've, I've seen uh, some video, though. Well, like I, the, actually... embri- the environments look kind of nasty in places. Like bad shading yeah. and like bad texture yeah. depth.
1: Yeah, um, the monsters look great. Technically, there are some. It's kind of back to there was even like shitty shading in Breath of the Wild, right? Like in some areas, not like this, but yeah, in some areas, sure. um, And then there's a problem with slowdown because I think graphical fidelity in Pokemon, especially when you go online, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of chug. Yeah, Um, but monster animations. Game Freak's never really
4: been a technically proficient developer.
1: No, the monster animations are great this generation. The Character designs fit with the aesthetic. I just my note before it was removed was basically it fits the British aesthetic that they I think better than it did back in X and y when they're trying to replicate France and Paris and, and probably yeah, as it's good pretty yeah, not as good as um, Sun and Moon were for the Hawaiian aesthetic. I think that was a better representation yeah so we can we can drop that I think Pokemon and ace combat.
0: okay I'll drop them both right now.
3: I'm very, um, very, very sad that they didn't lean into more of Scottish Twitter with Pokemon Sword and Shield, but I'm not quite sure how that would reflect on well, the had art Well, they had a lot of hooligans
1: stuff. for the, uh, like the <laughs> Team Rocket, essentially. They yeah. felt like Scottish hooligans. For sure. So- soccer
2: hooligans. <laughs> um, Everybody loves a hooligan. It's true.
0: Uh, we can drop Eliza. Uh, this is a game, you know, you've heard me talk about this. Uh, I would push hard for it in the top ten. Uh, it feels like the most 2019-ass game of 2019 um the art is great and i'm I, I guess i appreciate it more from like someone the perspective of somebody who's made some like story games in the past and will make more it's very very spare but very richly detailed in a way where like the environments are super clear to read the interactables are super recognizable the character designs are very strong it's very consistent it's just a very very well made game
1: yeah we should i wish I'd, got the chance
0: to try it before it's on yeah. switch you should play it there um, I plan on it. We should talk about. Um, I, I, did anyone play Later Alligator besides me? No. Nope. Okay. Has anyone here seen, seen videos of it? Have you seen Batman Spider No. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so Batman Spider creators made Later Alligator, and it's got. But why does she put that <laughs> up for art? Because it's incredibly fun. Their animation style is so expressive and so silly and so I don't know. It's just it's very. I, vital. I love
4: that web short, but I would never tell someone, "Look at this amazing <laughs> work of art." I think
1: so it's... far, we've got two things here. We've okay. got two fun votes: a short hike and um, later alligator. We've got two high fidelity, in my opinion, votes for Ace Combat and Gears Five, like
0: on oh, control. Right. I,
1: I think control goes beyond just fidelity. Okay. Like, I think Gears okay. Five yes. is an amazing technical masterpiece. Sure. And they've done amazing things. Yeah, with it looks incredible. Band. Yeah, PC, OG, Xbox One, X, whatever you're playing on. Um, but I do feel like it's still Gears. I've only played a maybe uh, three hours, so Tyler, you can disagree. But what I've played and seen so far is it's Gears. It's a little more varied, yes, but it feels like you're expecting. Did you get to some, the open areas there, Not yet. So that okay. is, that's I watched, it makes fun. a
4: huge difference. I watched my roommate play some of those, and they do look pretty different. Yeah. And... As someone who played uh, the definitive edition of Gears 1, because it was on Game Pass, you really see the strides they've made in mm. the art direction of that series from the switch from Epic to the but, Coalition. Yeah, okay. Because it definitely seems like the Coalition is trying to make the series into something more than just fucking Meat Parade.
1: Unlike 343 <laughs> three with Halo. No,
4: yeah. <laughs> no, I've been pretty disappointed with what. 343 has seen fit to do with halo but it's been a relief to see gears become something i am less embarrassed to play
1: so we were talking before did we feel like uh, a short hike was okay to drop from here it would be you and me nick that would be talking about this mostly i mean how do you feel
0: about that compared to like mutazione
1: i think mutazione is a stronger pick
0: okay let's drop a short hike. Because I got the sense from the story I saw in Matasione that there's a lot of depth to that story and the experience and the characters and like what I saw, of the world was really
4: interesting. So, yeah. the way all right, the so Aaron, right now you got Matasione in control, and what would your third pick be?
1: Um, I can't speak to Dicey or later alligator. Not even just screenshots. I don't think that's fair because I didn't play them. Um, I also didn't play Outer Wilds. So I guess it would be probably Dragon Quest.
4: Oh, I thought we cut that.
1: Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Not yet. I was saying I was okay with it being dropped, but as far as what's <laughs> left. Anyway.
2: But nobody, nobody jumped on that when he said. Yeah. When he said Here's it.
0: a piece of meat. No, what are you going for? Okay. Um. I think Nick. What are you, What are your three? My three on this list are Outer Wilds. Cyanara Wild Hearts.
4: I thought we cut that. (laughs) No, I was
1: saying that I thought the music was where I spent my goodwill points, not the art, but Nick hadn't. Alright,
4: alright. What's your number three, Aaron? Alright, Nick. Um
0: I'm gonna say Dragon Quest. I love I love Dice Dungeons art. Kira Tarnozala. I love Dicey dungeons art, but I feel like I probably can't vote on that one since I like know know the person who did it.
1: <laughs> Conflict. How how
3: well care. does Dragon Quest do the whole eight bit and HD gimmick? In that's a
1: good question because I never saw that. It's not 8-bit. PlayStation Four. No, it's sixteen
4: bit. Sixteen bit. It's not even. It's it's, it's more like thirty two. Like sure.
1: That is actually a fair point to make, though. Like. It's it's more of a uh, development pipeline statement to say like wow they were able to put that in there but that's also pretty impressive I mean other games have done that where you can switch between uh, original or whatever and new colc
0: it doesn't look like it's phoned in it's you know like you know like when Square will put out like a new version of Final Fantasy VI and it looks like just absolute shit like just <laughs> they just trashed all the sprites like this is the opposite this is like Enix being like okay. We made a bunch of these games for the snes and nes and like we're gonna do this right and the sprite art is really tasteful you can like when you jump into an old like world from so the premise here is like in the uh, definitive edition you can jump to uh travel in time to other games from the series like dragon quest one through nine
4: maybe ten i don't know yet but it looks nice but they didn't pull a shovel knight and actually adhere to the limitations of older hardware so here's the thing shovel knight didn't do that either it just looks yeah, like. Really? Yeah, there's a bunch oh, of yeah. little. I like, thought that was like tricks. their whole gimmick was like they were saying, like, oh, this game would technically would be possible.
0: Them and they, yeah. They invented a bunch of tech. They invented a that. bunch of stuff. It's just they, they hewed close enough to the restrictions that you, you felt kind of like think, it was yeah, original. exactly. But like Mega Man, Mega Man 9 or 10 are better examples of really trying to like nail those limitations. Um, but Shovel Knight looks better because they tastefully were like, okay, we'll do all this stuff that's like sticking to the limitations, but we'll break these rules subtly so that it looks cooler. Anyway,
3: we're Can not we know how to break knife? the rules. We know where to break the rules.
4: Right. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. No one's endorsing later alligator. I think it's so gonna where be where's all...
1: shovel night on this list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the new shovel Knight DLC is out next week. Yeah, that's true. Don't um, even say it. I'm dropping later Too late. alligator.
1: Okay, later alligator is gone. You
0: should all play later alligator. It's like two hours. I
1: do. I have it installed. I just have. Is it gone. on Switch? No, it's, it's on a Steam share.
0: It should be on Switch, but it's not. <laughs> uh why is I
1: just don't know what are you gonna say gears.
0: Yeah. It's technically great. I d- so I just feel th- nothing when I look at it.
4: The largest critique has come from the two guys that have not made it to like the area of that game that really makes it stand out. Well, to be and... fair, the
0: other two guys have played none of it.
4: Yeah.
3: So, Did when you're I? talking about that area that makes it stand out, are you talking about the snow areas, the big open area there, or somewhere else?
4: There's two big open areas there's a snow area and there's a desert area. Ah. And they, they both do things that wait, wait, wait. play. Wait, There's with... a video game with a
1: snow and a desert area.
0: There's also a lava area in Gears 5. Is what? there
1: a sewer area? <laughs> Sorry. Let's Go be ahead. reductive and call that a critique. <laughs> that's, that's fine.
0: They're, they're, the lighting and color in that game is incredible. Not yes. going gonna to contest that.
1: Have not been denying that. Sorry,
4: go ahead, Tyler. I just think Control's cooler. It is cooler. Oh, yeah. It's my number one. Yeah, but this is also like we have three possible choices. I'm allowed to have, like more than one thing.
1: Currently, I feel like Control could be our winner for this category. Yeah. Is there a main objection? It to should
4: that? be
0: our winner. I think it should I be our winner. Disagree. But whatever.
1: It, it does mix the technology with, yes, we were talking about brutalism, and it adapts that architecture um, style, but it does, throughout the entire game, um, do unique things with place and environment. And it just, to me, it felt like it was more than, here is Remedy showing off what they can do with this engine it was them making specific and purposeful decisions to show an environment that kind of is boring, honestly. Like, yeah. if you're talking about inside a building. Yes, a lot of it's, it's magical, really boring. Yeah, ma- a magical gray office building with supernatural bullshit that happens. But it goes beyond that often, I think, enough to have varied environments from when you go and fight the Hiss and when you go into the parallel dimension. There's like a side quest where you can go into a parallel mirror. Mm-hmm universe oh. you fight a mirror version of yourself and you speak like backwards and, like it's there's a lot god of, they have such a thing for david
0: lynch don't yes, they there's a lot of referential
1: <laughs> kind of almost a kingdom hearts thing there's a lot of reverence for established tropes in mm-hmm. the uh um, and i
4: i wouldn't call the environment boring though because even though it plays with familiar ideas it does so in a very elaborate way yeah like each of the areas feels incredibly distinct and you enter like this huge combat zone that's just the mail room, but it's like the grand central station of and mail rooms. Like it doesn't just.
1: When you fight and... Okay. I like this.
4: I think, you know,
0: I'm just
1: going to say one thing though. Yeah. As a devil's uh, advocate here is, I feel like its tone control is greater than its art direction.
4: It's going to come up there too.
0: Okay. I mean, as long as it's coming up here instead of the top 10, I'm fine. So. <laughs> um.
1: I feel like, uh, so if Control wins, I think... Outer Wilds is my
0: number one. I think that's got to be on here.
1: I can't speak to it, but I feel like I also want Itazione represented in some way, but then that butts up against Wild Hearts. And...
4: What do Doug and Spencer want to throw their weight behind?
5: <clears throat>
2: um, I think Outer Wilds is gorgeous. I think Cyanara is go- gorgeous. Uh, Control looks fantastic it is kind of interesting in that it's a um, high graphics representation of extremely bleak environments. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for my, like ignoring, ignoring the group, I would go after control. Um, otherwise I might be like Sayonara. but um, and Doug. Yeah. My guts, my gut says control.
3: I mean, I'm, pretty behind control to win but in terms of the rest i think sign out of wild, wild hearts is good for runner-up and i'm not sure what else would put on the list to be honest because i haven't seen like because the the conversation around outer wilds is going without knowing anything and all i've seen are a couple of scattered screenshots so i don't really know
0: it's just a beautiful um, space like all right. when you see eclipses the the sun cresting over a planet or things like that it's just consistently gorgeous the use of color in that game is outstanding
4: if Aaron and Nick acquiesce that control is our winner, I'll drop gears.
1: You know what? You cut
2: out. I, it's an open check now. It can be anything. <clears throat> hmm. Um, I,
0: uh, I think Cyanar Wildhurt should be on this list, but I think Adder Wild should be on this list. And I want to let's make a deal.
1: I mean, I think just go by votes. I don't think... Yeah. Mitazione is not going to get it. Gears 5 is not going to get it. From no. I, do, I already
4: dropped Gears. I don't see that drop. So, Are you
1: saving your changes? I don't think it was just Oh, no, I confirmed. see it. So yeah, you can drop Mitazione. Okay. Assholes need to
4: play it. I Yeah, I plan to. Uh, Isn't it just an adventure game?
2: Oh my god. I figure someday I'll die, <laughs> and then I'll be able to play all the games I want. There
1: In you heaven! go.
0: If I didn't know you were like yanking our chain right now, Tyler, I would, have, I would lay into you with a screed about adventure games.
1: <laughs> yeah, it feels like to me, years ago, when we were doing like a, um, the Rapture game oh yeah and all the shit i got for being a walking simulator and you two are standing death stranding so hard and it's, it's a literal walking simulator walking simulator <laughs> i feel like that's because it has actual it mechanics to its it, walking it is hard it's to actually, walk in that game.
2: <laughs> the secret the secret is that it was actually contracted by amazon as a training program for their <laughs> delivery people so. oh god it's so
0: grim but so true uh, so,
3: congratulations to Control as winner of Best Art Direction. Runner-up: hour Wild Hearts, and runner-up: Outer Wilds. Look, we that good? That was
1: only like twenty some minutes. Let's keep going. Let's keep, going. Let's
4: keep it going. You
0: best know, we gotta character. Keep moving. Best, gotta keep. Best character. I know this always takes the longest. We'll get through it. Best character nominees: Arthur Morgan. Oh, sorry. I said no. You have
1: to read the full thing. Here.
0: <laughs> okay, Arthur Morgan, Red Dead Redemption Two. Shit, sorry guys, that was for me. Uh, anyway, we're not gonna. He's not in contention. That was last year's Thank game. Thank you. So last uh, year I hated Red Dead Redemption two, and then this year I played through the whole thing and, and wound up loving know, it. Let's so. just
1: say, in fairness, that I was trying to get it in the top ten, and I was outvoted and really called a complete idiot, um, an awful person. I don't think those words were um, used. Just a real piece of shit. I think that was <laughs> that was sad. That's true. <laughs> but Nick finally got through it this year. And had a great time. All right, That's all yep. that we need to say. Remarkable about game. Redemption
0: too. Uh, Best character. We can cut Madeline. Battle in. I put that in there. Thank you. Um, so many 2018 characters on this list. I just want to say the DLC does a great job of really closing the loop on those characters.
4: Uh, we can... So did the main game. Okay, but no, not like the DLC. Okay. Uh, this late... DLC I'm never gonna play. Let's, it takes fucking let's... eight minutes of death. To <laughs> hey, let's
3: get that. to the list. <laughs> Let's the get list. through the list.
0: Lady Luck, Dicey Dungeons, Parvati from the Outer Worlds, Ati the Janitor from Control, Casper Darling from Control, Cassandra slash Alexios, but Cassandra, okay. The Goose from Untitled Goose Game, uh, Aelin from Mutazione, Artyom from Metro Exodus, Sylvando from Dragon Quest XI S, uh, Grease from Jedi Fallen Order, Ray from Eliza, cool. and Evelyn from Eliza.
1: We're not
2: gonna
4: I have am someone named Carice deeply
1: regretful
2: that I didn't put Sam from Outer Worlds on there. No,
1: messed up. Too late. The robot? The polls are closed. The robot is hilarious. He's like not a only... character. He has he's no
2: so...
4: development in that game. He's so funny. He's just a quip machine. He's less development than HK47. Is he Claptrap? I mean, he's not that bad. <laughs> but Claptrap has character development.
1: <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I want that on a T-shirt uh, that what? should be on our store that we don't have.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is this is sticker. Claptrap has clear character
5: development, and I all vote. Right. So
1: okay, so drop Cassandra. I just put that on there because uh, you know I think that the DLC was great and the character is still great for Assassin's Creed. But you know, all right, win. Goodbye. So we
4: still got one more 2018 character on this list. Oh, Simando.
1: Uh, I'm not far enough in Dragon Quest 11 to
0: really see the Savando, like pinnacle that I've been hearing about.
1: I mean, I don't he, know if it's I, worth... Yeah, go ahead,
4: Tyler. Well, he's just, like I told you, Nick, he's that anime trope of that character that is so clearly coded in a certain way mm. that you just wish that the culture would allow them to acknowledge that these type of people can exist and give yeah. them proper representation in the game rather than just make them a little bit limp-wristed and just say like, oh, maybe I, had I don't know. This,
1: like earlier this year, and toward the end of maybe, probably earlier this year, when I was finishing up the game on PS4, that it, you know, it's one of those things that you can pick and choose your sources. And one gay male that posted about the game and Silvando saying that why he thought it was actually good representation does not make an argument. So I'm just going to say that, yeah, to the point there that I don't think and it, it could at least be disputed that that limp-wristed impression that you get from Silvando earlier on is not actually his character throughout. He is strong, he is um, perhaps No, they, the they do a but, very
4: good job of representing him as a 3D yeah. person. Yeah. But what I'm saying is they never actually acknowledge the fact that they're clearly hinting at him being a gay person. Right. And He's I, never allowed to exist in that space. And what I'm, it's always just hinted at alluded at, never actually I'm not going
1: to make the argument that we shouldn't be doing that. Just saying, throughout the game, there's no romance options with any of the the characters, right? There's no, like, even heterosexual sexualization of characters other than you were born from a mother and father. But the point being that Silvando is a strong character. He confronts his father later on, and his father buys into his lifestyle, which, again, is coded to Tyler's point but it almost is an acceptance narrative and there's more there than almost I but not quite though yeah so yeah. silvando is a great character but again we're talking about a japanese developer of rpgs and that is a person that i've seen one of them go in a while so
0: yeah you know. I, it's tough for me because like i don't want to give an rpg developer from japan a pat on the back for just like not you know taking cheap shots at a gay character like persona does you know things like that like yeah, it's better than that, and Silvano's legitimately a fun character. He's very well-written. Yeah, very... Him
1: being on here and me seconding it is not because of some quasi let's be cool with a gay character narrative. It's because no. I think he's one of the best characters in the yeah, game. Yeah, he's the best like, character in that, that game I've that seen, by far. Too.
0: I just I, I struggle with, like, should we reward Square Enix for, like, a character who's clearly coded gay but, like, not ever given space to be, you know, authentically represented or, like, uh, you know, out in this game? And, like, I, I struggle with, like, if that's Something we want to honor in any way.
1: Sure. No, I think it's a fair point, and we can drop him from that. But I just want to make the point that he—it's hard a great for me compared to separate from whatever coded aspects that they put into the game.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: I compare it to something like Dragon Age, yeah. which, granted, is from a Western developer, yeah. and regardless of whether or not you like the gameplay of those games, I think they do a much better job with the representation right. and. The motivations of those characters than most of the JRPGs I've played. Absolutely agree. Yep.
0: Um, so I guess we're, well, yeah, we can
1: probably cut Savando, but I don't is the
4: goose a serious nomination here?
1: I put that on there. I mean, what what character has represented games in 2019 as far as um, yeah, meme, whatever you want to say, pop culture brief phenomenon, but the goose. He's right. iconic for sure. The goose
0: is a thing, though.
3: The goose is I, absolutely so, a thing.
1: And so, if you look at our <laughs> short description here, for those who can't see it, it says, Who stands out? I mean, honestly, yeah. if you think of a character standing out this year, it's a fucking goose. The goose is
0: an archetype, and I think that's really powerful. Like, how often in a game do you get to embody this, this, like, essential spirit that everybody understands intrinsically but doesn't quite have a name for? Like playing as the goose is so Im- you immediately understand why your actions are waddle, shriek and wave your wings at shit. Like it is so compelling. I think I think the goose now that I'm talking about it, the goose is extremely a good character. It is
1: crazy character development for really no character development, I mean, right?
4: Yeah. I really enjoyed sneaking up behind people and startling them with a good honk. But I didn't feel like it was a character. I just felt like it was a mechanic. Well, at the that's end, you I,
1: motivation. Yeah, the, motivation. the
4: ending is really
0: what wraps it up for me and like makes me feel like the I, goose I, has a story.
2: I mean, the goose has a motivation, sure, that makes sense once you play through the full entire He's game. Goose is a the goose. Yeah, the, the goose is a monster. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, that's really just the character being a monster. Like, oh, yeah. We, you learn about yourself. That's the trick, yeah. is that um, man was the greatest monster all along.
1: And the greatest prey, I've heard.
2: Hmm.
4: The deadliest game.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like... Aaron, I think he you... Yeah, go
4: ahead. Are, are we still talking about the goose?
1: Uh, I was going to move to Ati. I was going to drop him from Control. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I, want to...
4: I, want, I wanted to have a conversation about who is the standout from Control. It's Casper. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Like, I, mean... I haven't finished the game, but it's
4: Casper.
1: Yeah, comparatively.
4: That's, that was my thinking. Like, I like atti but yeah. I didn't think that he... Well, really at the time that I put much. that in
1: there, it was before I'd gotten further, and by the end of mm. the game, he, like, disappears entirely. Oh, really? And he's kind of an enigma. Uh, like, it's, it's not...
4: He's yeah. so half, like, baked to yeah. begin with, too.
1: He is a Lynchian character without any of the Lynchian kind of development, or even, like... Uh, it's
4: my understanding like they're planning on doing more with him in the DLC as well, but yeah. that's not really what we're discussing here i think it's interesting that none of us put any of the major characters you either play as or interact with in this game oh no
1: jesse is cypher <laughs> hello, I mean, and... hello? we're getting
2: we're getting some drops here and there that's
1: okay. happening uh jesse is Nick
2: still on the call
1: yeah i'm here with Aaron. can
4: i hear us okay okay i can yeah uh yeah jesse is not really uh, a huge uh character no. uh Like, how often do we get
1: protagonists in big action games who are interesting beyond they're servicing the narrative to move things forward, or they have some conflict that you have to solve by the end? Like, we recognize those games that do those things well, but I'm not expecting that from a Jesse. Her brother Dylan is boring as shit and has powers. Like, that doesn't impress me at all. The ancillary characters in control aren't that interesting. Ati just stood out because he's a weird. Danish guy, or whatever he is. Finnish. Finnish, yeah. Um, <laughs> Who can tell? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah,
4: he's fine. Casper, uh, I thought, though, was legitimately fascinating because you get to really see a complete arc from him through the. And Remedy has always done a really good job of incorporating FMV into their games, and they do it so masterfully here right. because it's not forced upon you. It's just these projectors that you find throughout, and you can Mostly. choose whether or not you want to uh, watch them in full screen or not. You get to find notes uh, referring to Casper uh, throughout the place and different documents that he's submitted to the the head of the Bureau. Yeah,
1: I So you get to see him
4: story. start as this obsessive researcher, and he starts to like learn the enormity of what he's discovered and the consequences, and his fate at the end of the game is really uh, a big question mark where you're, it it seems like he just kind of went off the reservation, but in the Bureau that can mean so many different things. So it's just, it's fascinating to watch this person that was like such a corporate person, such a suit, so dedicated to the Bureau just completely lose their grip on both like reality itself and like what they were doing, like what they were responsible for. And like, kind of experience the uh, the consequences of their actions. It was uh, really wild to see, and it's probably the closest thing that Control really gets to a commentary on the role of government in our society.
1: Which is which is unfortunate that it's all through those FMVs and notes rather than part of the actual narrative that. Like, you, but you don't have to consume what he's doing most of the time. You could just see the video on the screen and walk past it. Like, it's not as impactful unless you do intentionally pay attention.
4: As someone who also played Quantum Break this year, oh, no. I vastly prefer this style well, yeah, compared to what they did before, which was develop full, like, half-hour uh, vignettes of, like, a made-for-USA TV USA show. TV yeah. show.
3: <laughs> oh, boy.
1: That was too much.
4: So,
0: okay. Casper sounds like he's in contention. Goose sounds like it's in contention. Uh, tell me about Artyom. Does he belong here?
1: Um. I, so I, I assume Tyler and I will need to talk about this more since he seconded my kind of mention here. So I put this in here, and it was really just to have that conversation of you played the first two metros, and Artyom is just a name. I didn't even know his fucking name until like the second game, really, mm. because... I didn't they... realize
4: that he was the same dude until you <laughs> mentioned it. Oh, yeah.
1: Exactly. So you start from that level where... Um, is it 3A, I think? It's a developer? Whatever. They In the first couple of games, he's just, you know, your gun and camera. Your cipher. You're, yeah, you're shooting stuff. You're going through your you're shooting mutants and whatever. They did a really good job, I think, of trying to make him a sympathetic character. Yes, by doing, like, you know almost fridging of the his wife. Um, she gets sick later on in the story, and he cares. He can play the guitar. He does narratives in the loading screens and narrates his journal that he takes. Like, It just was a fast improvement from the previous two games where he was just a gun and a camera. And you see his
4: relationship yeah. uh, with her father, who's also like the, the leader of your group.
1: The typical gruff so, military guy.
4: Yeah, and... Uh, I don't know which ending you got, Aaron, and mine... I got um, the bad
1: ending, and I did watch the good ending, though. You did what? I got the bad ending, but I watched the good ending. Okay.
4: Well, I I got the bad ending, but I didn't see it as a bad ending, because I thought it was pretty narratively satisfying.
1: For spoilers, whoever cares, in the bad ending, Artyom dies and there is uh, once... The Both family, him
4: and the father die. Yes. They, they die recovering the medicine the uh, Save on wife that. needs to live. Yeah. And, and she's... Ending, you find out pregnant at the time.
1: Yes. She's pregnant. They reach this, like, promised land, essentially. They can live happily ever after, the survivors, and they have a memorial for him in a cliff. In the good ending, Artyom doesn't die, and but the dad's still dead. So it's like there's a lot of tropes here. There's a lot of um, kind of honestly... I would say um, amateur story writing and development. Like, hey, let's have scenes on the train with a bunch of military guys hanging out together and having drinks and singing. And like, this is showing that there is character development and there are these people that love each other. And bad shit's going to happen to them. Like, there's nothing here that's groundbreaking. I think just that Artyom going from nothing over to something is impressive. So, yeah, I don't think
4: it hangs because I couldn't even tell you like what he looks like
1: exactly
4: so um, he's he's even probably less than a a master chief or not master yeah probably less than a master chief
1: yeah yeah that's fair um okay so i think we can probably drop him right i feel good about it
4: can we really in good confidence put a character named Grease? In our top three. So,
1: I was going to say, having finished uh, Jedi Fallen Order, so Grease, for those who don't know, is the starship captain of uh, the Mantis who is flying around uh, Cal, Kestis, and Sir, the Jedi, um, as they go about their merry Jedi ways. Uh, Grease is voiced by Daniel Roebuck, and, um, look, it's an archetype that you've seen if you've watched a Star Wars film, like, kind of grizzle, not trustworthy, kind of, um, um, not a, not the best character being a starship pilot, but throughout the game, the relationship that Grease forms with Cal and his crew and the genuine emotion um, that he has for their protection and how he changes his ways, you know, like almost, sorry for lack of a better term, the hooker with a heart of gold thing where he redeems himself and he becomes reliable and a family member and he forms his family. He's funny. The performance by this, uh, Daniel Roebuck is fantastic voice acting and motion capture. I assume, um, it's very good graphic fidelity for the motion capture of the actors and Fallen order. Um, He's funny, he has a sense of humor, he's relatable, he likes to cook, he likes plants. Like, There's character development there that's just beyond like, hey, he's essentially a Han Solo corollary. Um, so I think he's a great character, and one of the strengths of Fallen Order in general are the characters, which way back in our Slack channel, uh, the Sasquatch Slack channel, I had said that this game is probably going to be fine from a gameplay perspective, but what's going to sink it is going to be the character development and the story. The story was fine, we'll get to that for actual deliberations, but the characters I think were actually way better than I ever expected them to be, and they're um, some of the more developed Do you want characters.
4: to play another game with Cal Kestis?
1: Cal is the biggest <laughs> problem, but that's kind of just like Jesse, right? Like, he is just a cipher, he is just there to, for the player to be that person to move the narrative forward, but the supporting cast is what matters in these sort of action games, So, yeah, I would play another Fallen Order game. I'm actually excited about playing that. But the characters that he meets, be it Grease, which I put here, but there's Marin, who is a a Force magic user. She's great. She joins the party. Seer, who went to the dark side but didn't come back And by the end. She doesn't actually complete that narrative the way you think she would by either dying or becoming a dark side person. Fucking Darth Vader shows up. Who cares? But, you know, like the characters of this ship, the Mantis... Replicate the feelings that I had of seeing like all these people on the Millennium Falcon, you know, 20, 25 years ago as a kid or more. So I think it was well done character-wise. I think Grease was one of the best, but I don't think I'm gonna convince anyone here to not hear, oh fucking Star Wars, Star Wars blah blah. So I think <laughs> I think any any the name Grease and Star Wars and Fallen Order attached to that, none of you are gonna to listen to me. Well, I'm so listening like because rocking.
0: like. The characters is the only thing keeping me going and fall in Fallen Order at this point. There's nothing I'm really enjoying otherwise, and like yeah. the
4: characterization. Unfortunately, is very Baby Yoda's not in the game, so we yeah. can't include him in the iconic category.
1: Yeah, Grease is not going to be a merchandising <laughs> hit. Let's just be honest here. I mean, if you all want to vote mm-hmm.
4: for Baby
0: Yoda for best character, I'm I, I can't yeah, stand let's the way that. To... Scrap
1: this whole thing. Let's do a Mandalorian podcast <laughs> for the next four hours. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think probably help our SEO results. Yeah, yeah. we can we can drop him, but I do think that. Um, the problems of fallen order notwithstanding which i am well aware of that i think the game deserves to be considered from how it adds to the tapestry of star wars through its characters through the adventure mm-hmm. and yes cal is a wet blanket stick in the mud you know he's boring but yeah that's fine honestly luke skywalker well, was fucking boring throughout the original trilogy true. that he was the hero character that's his purpose
4: Aaron, Aaron, don't fall on your sword just yet like you sound pretty passionate about him like would he be in your top three then
1: um, from what's left, I... I would put in my top three from what's left. From my, my top three from this list would be whatever the order, but Goose, Aelin from Mutazione, which we haven't talked about, and then Grease. Um, I, Parvati might be up there, but I haven't finished enough of Outer Worlds to really... I know everyone loves her on the internet, and she's great so far, but I haven't gotten far enough to really know.
4: Yeah. I mean, I can talk more about her, but I'd probably have to spoil some stuff.
0: We should probably move pretty quickly on this if we can. Yeah. I don't wanna to push too hard, but um I wanna quickly I'm gonna sacrifice Lady Luck. Um she's really clever and funny. The writing in Dicey Dungeons is a lot better than you'd expect for like a card battling roguelike. Uh and there's a overarching story to it with these different dice characters that are all really fun, but Lady Luck is like mm-hmm. this very kinda of like classic nineties cartoon villain, but just hands it up very, very nicely. But you know, it's it's okay. <laughs> I love I love icy dungeons it's one of my favorite games of the year but
1: yeah Did we were we still stuck on Casper for control?
0: I don't think Casper should be in this list.
1: I understood Tyler's argument. I think it is hear super it. interesting as a character. I just I don't know if he stands out that much.
0: I also should say I don't know what happens to him in the end. And like I don't know how much that bears on his character.
1: Well, I also don't know. And I finished the game, but I don't know if it's going <laughs> to No one knows I what watch, happens to him. That. Well, I was going to say, that I did I not watch the right video or read the right document? I oh. don't know. It's not clear.
4: No, that, no, that's kind of the point is that no one knows where the chief uh scientist went off to like the last video you see of him he's stripped himself down to like his tidy whiteys and he's standing in front of uh basically a pepe Silvia wall <laughs> and he's he's just like finally i get it like I, I i'm not supposed to be doing any of this like i need to go off and do something else something better for not just our world, but for all the worlds. And like in the epilogue, you get a chance to talk to the girl who you name as the new chief researcher, because you need somebody. Mm -hmm. And, And you're the director of the bureau. And you ask her like, do we know where he went? And they're like, uh, he had some stuff that was kind of hinting at the possibility of going to parallel universes, but his research was all kept to himself. Like, he didn't do a good job of sharing it with everybody, which is against uh, regulations. So they're definitely, like, hinting at doing something with him in the future, but you're definitely left in the dark about what is his actual fate. Okay. You just know that he had a mental break. He's uh, kind of, like, checked out of, like, what the Bureau's mission is, and... Yeah, so, so that, a, it seems like Remedy is invested in continuing the mythos of control.
1: So he's a mysterious plant for future content to figure out that story.
4: He's a MacGuffin. But as far as I'm concerned, like his arc was complete because he started as the very like by the book researcher, like I'm working for the government, uh doing the right thing to like uh oh god like all this money <laughs> all this effort is being poured into something that is literally going to destroy reality like maybe i should not be doing this maybe this is not the right path
5: hmm.
0: so let me talk about evelyn real fast since that's a character we haven't heard about yet uh, along with uh evelyn uh Eve- oh, evelyn or ray oh i cut ray um okay yeah, Evelyn is the character you play as in Eliza, uh, and uh, she. You start out the game. You're just you just know that you've decided to be a um, a contractor for this company. So Eliza is a game about um, a tech company in Seattle. It's about tech culture in general and like the damage it does. But it's about a tech company that uh, has this sort of virtual psychologist you can go to for a lot cheaper than seeing a real therapist in person. And uh, the way that it works is because people don't want to talk to robots, there are these people they hire as contractors they are proxies. They're like Uber drivers, except they sit in a chair in front of a person who's going to therapy, and they read whatever the AI says to say. And that's all they do, is just read out the text given to them. And to deviate from the script gets you fired. So uh, the game starts with Evelyn becoming one of these contractors. And within a day or two of the game starting, you realize that Evelyn actually was the chief uh, engineer on ELISA years ago. And she left after a, a really tragic thing happened with the development team and spent that time sort of like dead to the world wandering reassessing things and the game is all about her trying to piece together like what do i do now like is this thing ever going to create good for the world is it just going to bring about the singularity in a terrible way um is this technology like is there anything to be salvaged here from my career or from this job or from these people i've met and um you know, that resonated with me, obviously, as somebody who spent a few years at a certain major social network and has now spent a lot of time reckoning with the impact of that My ever Space. since then. Yeah, Myspace. Uh, what's up, Tom? And uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I th- her character arc is just very interesting and very deeply thought through. You get a lot of insight into her thoughts and her life. Uh, a lot of a lot of show don't tell in this game. And it really, really effectively creates this character who you can both understand has a very real past and then also influence the decisions she makes to choose, like, one of many paths that she can uh, go down to complete the game with. So, just a very, very rich character. Yeah. But then the goose honks at people, so...
5: The goose
1: does
2: honk at some people.
1: Counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> the goose honks. Uh,
0: do you want to talk about Aelin real fast?
1: Yeah, so in Mutazione, um Aelin is essentially the partner of Graubert. Uh, Graubert is the character Kai first uh, meets in chartering his boat to get to the island. So he's a sailor guy. And Aelin is pregnant with Graubert's baby. Um, So one of the taglines for this game is a mutant soap opera. So you can imagine with that (laughs) tagline that there's going to be a lot of tropes, right? There's going to be the things that you expect from a soap opera. So it's not going to break new ground that way. What, what it does is what it does differently is humanizes the characters more than just soap opera drama. Like you would get from television soap operas. Um, and the setting is unique. So Aelin is pregnant. Uh, but you find out that she actually is pregnant with tongue, who is this younger mutant. And he is kind of, did you say tongue? T U N G. Yes.
4: Yeah.
1: Oh, Tongue. Sure. I don't know. Tongue? tongue?
0: T-U-N-G would be tongue. Like tungsten, right? Okay.
1: I guess you could argue either way. <clears throat> um, uh, for the sake of argument, I'll just say tongue. Um, but he is actually the father of Alan's baby. And Graubert, who is a sailor guy, is, of course, he finds out. He's hurt to know. Like, there's all this, there's that background there that you can expect of. There is a child that was actually not the person she's with, and there's drama there, but the way that they write these characters is it's not just about the drama, it's not just about the revelation that, well, I thought this was my child, I was so excited to have this child, uh, but it's not mine anymore, what do I do? And alan also has agency, is the thing. So the way that Good Fabric writes his story is that it's not just here's a baby, it's actually someone else's than we thought. alan makes a choice to say, well, actually, Graubert, I don't want to be with you. You're not going to be a good father. You're not reliable. You're not um, consistent. You care more about going out to sea than being here with the kid. You have no idea what you're doing. And Tung, who's actually the father, you also, you're too young. You're irresponsible. You didn't even know this was your kid, and you don't know what you want to do with your life. She makes a choice to say that I'm going to raise a child on my own, but both of you can be there as part of my family. And the way that they write her is very... Modern in that sense. She makes a choice. She's not just a pregnant woman who was having things done to her. She is written to say, I am making this choice to raise this child the way I want to. And I'm going to tell you guys what, how you're going to interact with this child, how this child is going to be raised. Mm -hmm. And she's taking that ownership for herself. So, It was a bit of a twist on that soap opera trope, and it's not just a woman that something happened to a pregnant chick that she has a baby, and who's the father sort of thing. Right. She actually has that agency that I was saying. So I think she was one of the more well-developed characters throughout the narrative, like Kai, the protagonist, Mm -hmm. is just kind of that um, cypher. Again, she's there for things to happen to. There are a lot of interesting characters in this mutant soap opera, but I thought Aon stood out the most. Okay.
0: Cool. Should we um, move Mm -hmm. to a vote? See where we land?
4: We haven't really discussed uh, Parvati yet. She's the last one. Oh, I thought we did. My bad. Uh, She starts the game as basically your uh, moral compass of sorts. She's kind of like the goody two-shoes. She grew up in this... um, I mean, the whole game is pretty much in this extremely corporate atmosphere. Like, you guys have seen The Hook of Outer Worlds, where you're literally so indebted to your corporation that when you start a conversation you start with their slogan <laughs> like yeah uh, it's not the best choice it's spacers choice like that's literally how people will uh, initiate conversation with you and so she's grown up in this environment so she has almost kind of this like Stockholm syndrome towards her, her environment where it's not that she doesn't recognize that there are flaws to it but she does, Apologize for it, and she does make excuses for it. And when you make uh, choices in this game with pe- certain people in their party, party, they will question your decisions, and you have a chance to kind of uh, explain yourself to them and to kind of bring them over to your side. And so, for most of this game, uh, I, including her in my party, because her boosts are pretty useful for me most of the time, uh, and she is like questioning my decisions, and it almost feels like, in a way, that she's kind of like learning the way i think and i don't know if this is actually possible i know that some other rpgs have done this but if you make too many choices in the wrong direction like people will actually leave your party because like i don't see eye to eye with you i don't really agree with where you're going so i'm just gonna peace out but i don't know if that's an option in outer worlds because i always kind of defended uh my choices to her and you get to help her find herself in a way because you get her to connect with her sexuality and find someone and become more, not necessarily extroverted, but more social in a way that she doesn't feel like she's uh, necessarily like exposing uh, her underbelly in the way that she did before. Like when you're growing up in this extremely corporate environment, you might not feel like there's any sort of genuineness. Genu- genu- genuineness, I don't know. Uh, you know. You feel like people aren't really genuine because they're all uh, serving this corporation. So when she actually finds someone that she's interested in, she's just not really sure. Uh, if this person actually likes her, likes her, or is just like paid to like her. So it's interesting that you're helping her find her way out of this constant self doubt that she has. And at the very uh, end of the game, based on the choices I had made, uh, I had to basically destroy the town that she's from. And granted, I had already diverted ta- power from this town to this new commune that was free of the corporation. I had made that choice very, very early in the game. And she protested it, but I defended it. And so she was like, okay, I see what you mean. Like, this is the best path forward for uh, this environment. And at the end of the game, uh, when it comes time to destroy, she's like, how could you do that? This is my hometown. Like, these are my people. And so I had to explain myself to her. I basically, like, there's nobody left in that town that is your people. The only people that are left there are the people that are living in service of this corporation. Who actively want to harm the galaxy? Like, I'm putting this town out of its misery. Basically, I'm not really hurting your people. And so, to kind of like watch her like wrap her brain around that after everything I'd done for her, uh, it was interesting. You actually have a chance to kind of like help someone kind of see how sometimes you have to do bad to do good or something. I I thought it was an interesting character turn. I don't know if I feel as passionate about her as I do about uh, Casper Darling because I don't think that Ashley Birch did as good a job of acting out that character or even if the voice acting was at that level, I think that uh, Obsidian relying on that Fallout style or that Bethesda style of talking head kind of uh, deflates some of the character progression and the interactions with those characters. Yeah. Because it just feels so like Disney World machinima. Still kind, kind of like. Right? We've seen yes. this
1: before, though. We've seen these kind of character turns to that point. Like, I think Parvati's um, destination and, and journey sounds really interesting. But we've also seen this kind of framework, too, of a character journey as a companion character and a Bethesda type rpg
4: yeah and for what it's worth i don't think any of the pe- companions in outer worlds even though they are pretty well written for the most part and they do have interesting quests i don't think they ever achieved the high of the bioware games they never reach the mass effect or the dragon age levels of like i have a strong attachment to this person i like having them around i want to go on more space adventures with them give
1: me more Garrus, yeah sort of thing but for example right so Garus i would not play a <laughs> I would not play a spin spinoff. So I'm willing to um, drop Grease, but I feel like. So are we saying that, or, or were we in agreement from before that the goose was our winner? I know that no, we jokingly don't. we put that there as the honk, but like that was a
2: joke. The goose is the winner.
5: Yeah. That's much more a joke. I than would me, actually yeah. drop
2: goose to simplify this.
0: Yeah, I think we drop. Uh, Parvati, oh, Parvati's, Parvati's gone. Um, yep. I think Goose is probably in the top three. Um, I think what from what you told me, sounds like they could be in the top three. Um, Evelyn is probably like my favorite character on this list, but nobody here's played it, and it's hard to kind of convey that.
4: So. I mean, the one's played by on but Aaron, so yeah. that's yeah. not really uh knock against it.
1: That's true. So, no, I, I.
4: once again, we need Doug and Spencer to voice any opinion about anything. <laughs>
1: Please. Mm. Look, how often do people ask for white males to give their opinion, right?
5: Oh, take your opportunity
0: God, you to... sound like people I've talked Stop. to in my anyway. um <laughs> You sound um, like that I... senator from Watchmen.
1: <laughs> Joe Keen? Hmm?
0: Yeah, Joe Keene. Keen. Anyway.
1: Spoilers. Sorry, we're, we're recording our Watchmen podcast. After yeah. this. Hmm.
2: Spencer, you were gonna say? Uh, I was gonna say. I mean, since Parvati's not in uh, in contention anymore, um, did you have anything no, to no. say about that?
1: No, no, can <laughs> Not
2: not especially. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with. Uh, <laughs> I agreed with the rationale and everything. I don't know. I'm I'm getting very hungry. Uh, got two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh I would say of the characters discussed, um Evelyn and uh Casper Darling stand out the most to me. But uh I'm cool with that. Um yeah, eh, that's where I'm at.
3: Yeah, I think Evelyn, Casper Darling, and Ailen would be good. I think yep. the goose is hilarious and a good choice <laughs> as well, but not as the winner necessarily. Um
5: The yeah. Goose will get its
0: propers elsewhere. A goose will definitely get its
3: proper results. Goose self-spark.
2: will get its proper results for sure.
1: <laughs> Best goose category.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the winner is Honk. <laughs> um, Aaron, how do you feel about like? It sounds like if we were to do this, we'd drop Grease. Do you feel like A1's better than Grease, Grease? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Do you feel like Castor's better than Grease?
1: Um. No, I mean, I know what Tyler's saying. I'm not disagreeing entirely, but it didn't resonate with me the same way. Grease had more of an impact on me than the Casper Darling FMVs. Yeah. You
0: know. I got nothing from those FMVs except a little bit of entertainment. Yeah, so I, I'm definitely. not really going to make a vote here.
1: Um, I, If I had to choose, I would pick over Grease over Casper, but I don't okay.
4: know. How does... Well, I got the power of God and anime on my side, <laughs> also known as Doug and Spencer. How does Aelin,
0: <laughs> Evelyn, and Grease
4: sound? Not good. Uh, well, do we really need God. to give Disney more credit for doing another, like, puckish rogue character? You were just talking like
1: about Kingdom like, Hearts. <laughs> you were standing Kingdom Hearts' soundtrack. Which is for amazing. music! But that is a Disney property, so, too.
2: Yeah, it is. That is Disney. We also That's didn't music.
0: talk about the fact that Casper Darling is basically just look around you within an even lower budget.
2: <laughs> I mean, personally, <laughs> you've just sold that character to me.
0: He's not Uh-oh. as funny as look around you. Look around you is untouchable.
1: It's still, like, it's F, it's great FMV, but it's still FMV where it's bad acting. Yeah. Like, it's bad acting. Hey! It is. It is. It's Disagree. It's entertaining, but it's still, I'm, I'm, I've I'm discovered an experiment where the, the, there's there's yeah. some bad, there's there's a thing, and it happens, and it's just, you know, it's, it's the fine. The assistants
0: are great, though. The assistants who say nothing and are just, like, yeah. treated like shit constantly.
1: Remedy is great at what it does. I'm not yeah. disparaging that, but I don't think, like... Casper Darling is the best character of this year, nah. let alone a runner-up. But I know that the Grease argument is not going to go anywhere. I think, to in, in fairness to the whole Grease thing, you're going to have to play the whole game to get more out of that. And if you don't like the game anyway, you're not going to give a shit about Grease. Yeah. So you know,
0: I, I think awesome. I think Evelyn wins this category.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with that.
4: So who are runner-ups?
1: I think, Ail- like, if I have to make a choice, I think alan is a good runner-up. And then I think we dropped Goose already, right? I think so. Goose is out. So it's between talking and about Goose Casper for this. and Grease, which, I don't know who's voting on whom.
0: Which one's Grease again?
1: <laughs> there you go. He's the four-armed pilot. Hey, oh, hey, hey,
3: hey, 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 see, hey, hey, yeah. hey, 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 I got something for this. Grease nuts. There you go. <laughs>
1: Grease of the year.
0: Welcome back to the Squatcho Trap House.
3: (sighs) Jesus. I've been sitting on that for literally about 35 minutes.
1: (laughs) But have you thought about (laughs) Grease (laughs) Nuts?
0: All right. I don't don't know. I think I would lean Grease based on what Aaron told me, and I've seen plenty of Casper, but I'll hear what everyone else has to say too.
4: It's three on two. Mm is it doug and spencer both said casper
2: all
1: right
4: okay spencer is your food here
2: uh i have to step outside and check okay and also hope that elizabeth hasn't left me in this span of time <laughs> but, um yikes yeah i can i can do i think one more category here and then we can break okay. uh, moment up for that. all
0: right we'll do it real quick best moment the thing that stood out, the thing you'll remember for a long time after this whole sorted process is said and done. A.k.a.
4: Every level of Cyanara Wild Hearts, according yeah, to the Hey audience.
3: Hey Hey. How about how about we have a rule that we just get through the list first before we start cracking the jokes?
4: Yeah, for real. Nominees
0: are Death Stranding, making it across the country with all your cargo intact. Cyanara Wild Hearts, Wild Hearts never never die, which is the final level. Cyanara Wild Hearts, the world we knew, which is the Hermit sixty four uh, end sequence. Uh Inside from Sayonara Wild Hearts, which is the Little Death slash puke highway sequence. Uh, after party spoilers, is all it says. The Outer Worlds uh Parvati's Courtship of junelli Outer Wilds when you put all the pieces together at the end. Anthem, taking off in your javelin for the first time. Literally the only good thing in that entire steaming Piles is Aaron. Uh Pokemon Sword and Shield, first Dynamax ray with three other real players, and control, end, credits, and epilogue. End is in quotes. To be see. continued, question mark?
1: <laughs> I just want no. to add here that, you know, technically, it's a false ending. Parvati's courtship is not a moment, but sounds like a long period of time wherein one person courts the other. I mean,
2: there is a culmination. I okay.
1: um, so, I want to challenge Nick first. Is it, is it fair to ask of you to pare that down? Yeah,
0: let's one? see, Wild Hearts never died. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally. Those are all incredible, though. Aaron is unresponsive, which is exactly what I expected, given that he hates this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's hate fine. A strong, it's a good hate game. Is a strong word. It is. Tell me was why it that fun? No. Tell me why that describes this game perfectly for you? Though. <laughs> um,
3: I would actually say that the Hermit sixty four end of that segment was really cool, just because of what it does and
0: how you do it. It is really, really cool. Uh, the whole Hermit sixty four sequence is really cool, from like the kind of like outrun shit to like the. Uh, VR headset stuff. I don't yeah. know. Yep. It's, it's really neat. But th- it was the, cool. It was but memorable. The, but the ending of that game for me is the moment. It's the catharsis. So Yeah.
5: yeah,
1: uh, We can drop Anthem. That was just me kind of taking the piss a bit by putting it on there. So uh, that moment, um, like Anthem, as it's been widely um, covered, it was just not great. Had a lot of issues. Very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I got it free when I upgraded my graphics cards. That's the reason I played that. Was it worth
0: downloading? Um, Nope.
1: Tyler had asked me this a while ago when he was looking at, I think it was cheap or something, and honestly... I got it for $4! (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, it's not the worst game I've ever played, but it's certainly, at the time, months ago in your release, was one of the most poorly executed in concept, but their overall hook of you're in this robot suit, you're a fucking Gundam, and essentially you take yeah. off. Like, that's really cool. Sure. It's well it's done. It's the best
4: Iron Man game that's ever been Yeah, ben it May. was
1: a great Iron Man feeling, but that, again, as the uh, the joke there, was the only good moment of that entire ste- uh, steaming pile of shit. So mm-hmm. it doesn't deserve to even be a runner up here.
3: Okay. Yep.
1: And, you know, I'll even go further and say the sword and shield dynamax raid like i think that's a really cool thing that pokemon sword and shield did of having a quasi mmo feeling where you can join up with three other real players and fight this gigantic strong pokemon and catch it but you know in the end as i said right there is you're beating something until you're able to catch it it's not groundbreaking but i think it's a really cool spin on expected mechanics in the series Mm -hmm. And it felt exciting the first time that you make one of your Pokemon appear to be very large, as I think we linked the other day, like it's a visual. Um, smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. But you supersize, <laughs> like, uh, you know, um, uh, Godzilla size your Pokemon and have it fight against this other gigantic one. And you're playing with three other real players who are picking from admittedly selected moves. Does it kind of channel the
0: MMO boss vibe?
1: Yeah, it does. You know, then you do it a hundred more times. That's oh. less impressive. Yeah,
3: of but course. First...
4: I'm just cynical because it feels like another one of those Pokemon gimmicks that's going to be abandoned immediately in the next generation. Oh, sure. Similar to Mega Evolutions and Z-Moves. And...
1: Yeah, they will... If we know anything about Pokemon, just like death and taxes, inevitable is change in the core mechanics. Like, it's going to change. It'll go away. It was yeah. super cool the first time, but I don't think it's the best moment of the year. Okay.
3: So, Is it made um, any better by shouting out Rita Repulsa style, make my monster grow?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, actually. Yes. <laughs> also tune into my live stream Twitch channel. Uh, let's talk
0: about, so Tyler, I'm curious if you can talk around or if, if you need to talk directly at the after party thing, but like, why did you put that? I on
4: absolutely you? have to explain what happens for okay. this to actually mean anything. Is that cool?
0: That's fine. I'll yeah. I'll play it anyway.
4: So, you guys know what the hook of this game is. Uh, you're dead. Uh, you're in the afterlife. Uh, it's similar to other games in this wrist, It's uh, it's a bureaucracy basically. Half life or a uh, half life. The afterlife is paperwork, and there's something wrong with your paperwork. So you're basically given like a kind of a stay of execution where you're not really given your punishment just yet. So you just get to hang out in the afterlife. For a little while and what you discover is that there is a loophole there is a ability to challenge satan to return to your mortal life and the only way to do that is through a drinking contest turns out hell has a pretty big uh college drinking culture so you're going around you're meeting uh, some of satan's minions and you challenge them to get certain seals to show that you're up to the task of challenging uh, the devil himself, who you meet on a few occasions. And he's like, obviously, big dude on campus kind of feel. But the whole time you're meeting his lieutenants, you feel like there's something off. Like something is being planned behind your back that like you, you think that maybe there's going to be like a coup of some kind. Like something's going to go down when you challenge the devil. So these lieutenants of his, they're trying to get you on their side. And you're like, well, fucking, why not? Like, he's the devil. It's not like I'm, have, I'm indebted to him in any way. I just want to get out of here. So you finally get to the party. You think that something's about to go on. The other lieutenants show up. And he's like, hey, what are you guys doing here? And you find out that all of them have been down there since the fall. So they're all basically family. This is not a coup. This is an intervention. <laughs> the devil is an alcoholic and oh my God. these people care about him and they only want what's best for him and he refuses to hear it he just wants to keep going with the drinking contest and you are faced with a decision do you challenge him or do you abstain if you challenge him you can theoretically get out of heaven or get out of hell but he's going to remain who he is if you abstain It's the wake-up call that he finally needs. That he is a problematic entity that is damaging the lives of all those around him. And so I abstained. Uh, He uh, actually seeks help. He goes to hell's uh rehab clinic (laughs) and he has relapses like they they discuss this in the epilogue where it's like he falls off the wagon and they're they're kind of like taking a healthy approach it's like you know it's a process and as long as we're there for him like he'll eventually get better but it was just such a mind blow for me it's like oh my god you actually have something to say about alcoholism which this whole game which was like seemingly celebrating this drinking culture uh, it was a pretty a fascinating revelation to me. Wow. And it's the kind of thing where you look back on some of your experiences, like, yeah, they weren't always, like, all in on the drinking element. And they were actually, throughout the game, you can always turn down the drinks. You don't have to drink.
5: Hmm.
4: There are other ways to get the seals. Uh, you can get through conversations fine without unlocking the special, like, drinking choices. Like, it's, it's not actually forced upon you. Hmm. So you can be a teetotaler if you want. And so the end of the game is basically admitting, like, this is toxic culture. This is not healthy behavior. There are ways to enjoy alcohol responsibly, but this element is not it. This is not where you find yourself. This is not how you become a well-rounded person. So
1: the moment that you're nominating is choosing to pursue or abstain from the drinking contest.
4: Or even just finding out, like, this whole thing has been building not towards something against the devil, but something to support him well, to I, make I, him I
1: want to clarify which moment just to make sure we're you know it, even if it wins that we're writing out which exact moment
4: that we're I mean the, the moment for me that's most memorable uh, like even though I did choose to abstain the moment was just when his lieutenant who i would gotten to know walks in the room and where I'm expecting her to say like hey we're taking you down devil like you're not in charge anymore she said
3: we need we to talk to
4: help we love you we're here to support you everyone in this room wants what's best for you and i'm like wait what the fuck
0: i'm just here to get out of here what are you people doing that's amazing that has to be on this
2: list that sounds spectacular yeah i'm
1: I'm curious too just not having played it do they do a good job like are you wanting to make that choice because it's so ridiculous or do they do a good job of sympathizing with the devil to like make you want to even give a shit because if you think about uh, in the abstract it's the devil. Why would I care about him being an alcoholic? I want to. Yeah, and it to
4: that's him. the thing. You don't get to know the devil super well, but you do get to know his lieutenants very well because again, they've all been down there together for a long time. they they basically think of themselves as siblings, their family. So you get to hear about the their experience when they were in heaven, they experience after the fall, and what you find out is that this is not a uh, a grown man making grown ass decisions. He's basically, like, still that eighteen-year-old boy who rebelled against his dad, got kicked <laughs> out of the house, and has never really recovered from it.
3: So the devil is Van Wilder,
1: <laughs> or Tommy mm-hmm. Boy, depends. <sighs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Holy sh! Uh, so, so, so th-
4: no, I didn't sympathize really... him because of him, but I sympathized him because of his family. That sounds... Because i gotten to know them, I wanted to help them. Mm-hmm. It sounds,
3: sounds like really a, an amazing, yeah. It, it sounds like an amazing job of writing around somebody.
1: I'm curious, yeah. though. It seems like the the last few of the nominees here, Tyler, are a bit heavy on your noms. Are there any that you would cut in favor of one over the other? Like Control After
4: Party is my number one.
1: Okay, so I, I mean I haven't of, played it,
4: and that might be my number one now.
2: Yeah, yeah that sounds spectacular.
3: <laughs> I'd heard about that happening. And it sounds amazing.
4: Control's false ending is fascinating because it, it reaches this moment that you think when could be like, the ending. you're delivering
1: all the papers and all of that. Yes.
4: Yeah, yeah. So you're, you experience this moment uh, where you're sent back into the Bureau but you're no longer this intruder you're now just assistant and the, but the Bureau is working as normal, as intended. So you're just doing assistant things. You're cleaning up mugs you're scanning documents uh, you're delivering uh, mail and Obviously, she feels like there's something wrong. But you start to wonder for a moment, like, is the game trying to say that all of this was in her head? Like, I mean, probably not because it's a video game. Right before but that, the credits and,
1: and, do roll mm. before they start to degrade. And yeah, you and then the to, credits like, start to, like... you uh, uh, intern, essentially, mm. in the Bureau.
5: Mm.
4: And it's only when you find the janitor that you have someone in this office actually acknowledging that, like... No, there's there's more here than what you think. You just need to keep doing your job. Just keep your head down, just keep doing the work. Mm. And every time you do a task, like more of this office starts to unravel and starts to show <laughs> what's underneath and you start to hear the old director who's still alive in this uh weird reality. He starts mumbling to himself like secrets about what happened both before, during and after your experiences there. Uh, based on the intrusion of the entity called the Hiss, which is what you're fighting throughout this whole game. So it's a, it's a revelation about like what happened, like what actually caused the Bureau to be under attack. And it's just... Uh, it plays with your expectations, and it plays with the environment in a really good way, I thought. Cool.
1: So how does that rank over um, Death Stranding, since you've played that? Outer Worlds?
4: Death Stranding is not a specific... Uh, moment, similarly to what we we're talking about with music, whereas because uh bringing that cargo across the country is a bit of an ordeal, it is like a big relief but when you, when finish, you finally. At the
1: moment, right?
4: Yes. So, I don't. For me personally, I wouldn't even say it's making across the country. I would call it the shower after you check in. Yeah the game getting to yeah. wash that off of you and engage in some level of like quote unquote like self care mm-hmm. like it's just like oh i finally have like the comforts of home again after experiencing the uh harshness Which we can
1: of all the relate to in real life so that's yeah. fascinating from a game
0: perspective death stranding makes the mundane feel very real and very tangible in really mm-hmm. interesting ways like uh, the journey arriving when when Sam is just so fucking tired he needs to go, like, sleep in the bed and then shower, and, like, when he's just a miserable piece of shit because he looks like garbage because he's, like, you know, covered in mud and blood and, like, God knows what else. Like, it's... I don't know if there's, like, one moment for Death Stranding. Like, I feel like this may not be its category, honestly.
4: But uh, it's a series of moments.
1: tone. It sounds like you were talking about tone of the game.
4: Yeah. I'd say tone. There are certain games that are capable of delivering this sense of relief... And I think like horror games, especially, are really mm-hmm. good at that. Like re- Resident Evil, when you like find yourself in a save room, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. finally, I can, I can feel safe. Yeah,
1: escape the for a moment, uh, Mister X. I can rest.
4: I never felt like I could rest with that guy because <laughs> I always heard him stomping around <laughs> with those fucking huge ass feet of his.
0: You just got installed the X gun. Give it to you, uh, mod. Yeah. <laughs> the
1: Thomas the Tank Engine one, which is really great too. Um, so Nick is also on here with a few heavy um, yeah. noms, but like, does it seem, are we coalescing around After Party or are there others we need to discuss? Before? I think
0: we need to discuss Outer Worlds, or sorry, Outer Wilds. Okay. Uh, we do need to discuss Outer Worlds because we haven't, but Outer Wilds I think is, is my number one here by a, a long shot. Um, Outer Wilds is all a game about just like this big open canvas and you got to figure out not just what do you need to do, but why do you need to do it and what even, what even can you do. And uh, it's a game that takes place where you're exploring this solar system. You can literally fly anywhere in the whole solar system and explore all these planets. Go inside them, go to their satellites, their moons, um, and it's, this, it's it all takes place in this 22-minute loop. Where at the end of the loop, your sun dies and goes supernova and swallows everything, and then your memories go back in time somehow, and you play the loop over again. Uh, and when you finally put it all together, is kind of just this. It was one of the most Profound feelings of accomplishment I've had because you still need to be able to beat the game in a 22 minute loop. Like you carry nothing back tangibly with you, just knowledge. But then, like once you learn all the steps, and if, you know, once you know, like what am I even here to do? Like what what can I possibly do? To be able to put that into motion is really a really profound feeling. And the game does a really good job of recognizing, hey, this is a critical moment for you. The music changes because it can tell you're on the path to do the thing, and then like you get to do the thing, and just this. I don't know. It's, I know I'm talking about like a, a 22 minute sequence as a moment, but the, when you first embark on those steps, and then you you know like you're going to finally beat this game that you've been playing for 20 or 30 hours, uh, a game that you could have beaten from the start if you knew what you knew what you know now, is just a really cool thing. Um, it's the game really wants you to know that like you've accomplished something, and it's a really satisfying feeling.
1: Is it frustrating to be repeating those 22 minutes?
0: No, yes. Never.
1: That, that was my okay. question. Like I know we, over many games, we all kind of differ on that, like repetition mm-hmm. as a form of mastery to then move forward in games or achieve something in them, and I think we all kind of differ on that. It seems like the end, like a lot of those mastery-type games may justify the means, but it sounds like, Tyler, you had issues with getting that far then. I
4: would encounter situations where I had a pretty good idea of what I was supposed to be doing and I just had issues with executions where I just wouldn't make a jump or I just couldn't get my jetpack going at the right angle and often that would lead to a death and I would just feel like, well, fuck, now I need to go to that planet again, do that thing over again and it was just, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like the process of going through those steps to solve the puzzles because I never felt like the puzzles made it feel worth it for me.
1: And I, I asked the question not to say that it's it's inherently a bad thing and, and it diminishes the moment of accomplishing that end by finally realizing pieces <clears throat> like that is a profound thing, almost like The Witness years ago when we yeah. talked about when you that moment of realization, which is important to you, Nick, in games when you have that kind of feeling of I put everything together, I've either been taught mechanics and pieces or I've learned them over time and trial and error and I finally come to that realization. That is something that resonates with you Mm -hmm. so it's not to say that that is invaluable I'm just curious I was curious if it's like how do others which it sounds like Tyler is probably the only one or dispenser. did you play Outer Wilds too
2: I did not oh you'd
0: love it okay um
1: so it's just interesting
0: yeah I don't know I mean I I guess it's just a matter of perspective partially too like I died in a lot of stupid ways in Outer Wilds. There was a sequence at the very end where I died about six times in a row just because I got the angle wrong on my velocity. And it was like, come on, man. Hmm. Uh, that was frustrating in the moment. But I, I don't know. It's a
4: perspective thing
1: for me of like... I'm and
4: you're also someone who finished Celeste. So clearly we have
5: different ideas. <laughs> I these. did
1: too. So this is... that Celeste is almost a non-argument where I was able to push through that and I hate that shit in most yeah. games. Like I hate trial and error, fail, making you feel like an asshole until you finally get through it but celeste was the one that was an exception so i don't I, think
0: outer wilds is as good as celeste at doing that so you may want to stay away <laughs> <laughs> anyway i th- it was really profound for me i don't know if it's even the best one of these things though like i think Oberdin and uh the witness like sure. you mentioned also do this really
1: well do you do you feel more strongly about that than the death stranding kind of Again, it sounds like we're talking more of Tone with Death Stranding than a moment Yeah, I would put
0: Outer Wilds over Death Stranding, but I think Wild Hearts Never Die from Cyanar. Wild Hearts might be above all those. Can we
1: drop Death Stranding then?
0: I'm okay with that.
1: And maybe... I
2: figure Death Stranding is going to get recognized in one of these other categories yeah. here.
1: Yeah. Can we drop the control one? I, I, Tyler, I hear what you're saying because I, I enjoyed that part too. But I think it... I don't know if it's even a runner-up or do you... Uh, Or maybe would you prefer that over Outer Worlds? Like I know we haven't talked about that much. You alluded to it earlier, but I don't know if it bears a lot
4: of... I mean, I probably would put uh, Outer Worlds over Control in my personal ranking. It doesn't beat Afterlife or Afterparty for me. Uh, Parvati's uh, Courtship, I mentioned that a bit in her discussion of her as a character. Uh, I played as a girl, uh, so I think that... Played a role in my role play too, because I got to talk with Parvati a lot about her, her courtship of Juneli. and from a role playing angle, it kind of like felt like two girls like celebrating. Like, oh, you talked to her! And like, oh, you making the day, and we're picking out the dress. And so to see it like I'm no fruition, like see her on the ship. Like there's a moment where it's just a mission that says check in on uh, Parvati and Juneli. and I walked over there. And then the, the thing just ticks. You don't actually have to do anything. You're just walking over. And it felt like you're back in school and, like, you're walking by your friend, like, talking <laughs> to the, their crush. And then you just kind of keep walking. Like, you're not interfering in any way. You're just like, oh, how's things going? Oh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And then you you walk away. And then later it just says, like, check in on Junelli later. So you have to leave the ship and, like, come back later. And you talk to her. And she has that like, oh my God, it's so good. Just, It's a it's a game with like pretty severe gravity in terms of like what you're ultimately doing is trying to save humanity's existence in the space colony. So having this moment of helping someone uh, discover both themselves and become a more social person in a universe that does not seem to value social capital in, in a substantial way It's a very nice moment. You actually feel like you're healing, like you're doing something positive. Cool.
1: Sounds like, to me, the top four are Sayonara, After Party, Outer Worlds, and Outer Wilds, if we have to then narrow it down from there. Does we disagree? Mm -hmm. To drop then essentially, Death Stranding and Control.
2: um i that seems fine to me
0: the thing i'll say about death stranding is i thought as i got farther into the game i would also have more moments to share but i'm like at the very end now and like it's not about the moments it's about the journey so yeah yeah. so that works for me um god i'm hard pressed not to put the devil's intervention at number one i will say for wild hearts never die i should probably talk about that right so this is a very short game but whatever uh the game is about uh, a woman who is brokenhearted, like she's out of a relationship, she, her life is falling apart in some way, and then there's like, the whole game takes place in this sort of like philosophical, Jungian, tarot-based like journey through the stages of grief, and they're all represented with Swedish pop music, as you'd imagine, <laughs> and uh, along the way, you uh, kind of battle all these different archetypes that are literally spawned from tarot card, uh, major arcana. So like you know, there's all all your favorite arcana are here. Everyone is here. All your <laughs> and, favorites
3: from the Persona series,
0: right? Yeah, and uh, so you you battle all of them. They're these really cool, kind of like almost like motorcycle gang type characters. Like they're, they're all this aesthetic like freezer,
1: of that sort of.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and then you get to the end, and you battle this like big evil force that's like uh, preventing the arcana from doing their thing. You free them. And then uh, you, who... So, at the beginning of the game, your character becomes inhabited by the spirit of the Fool Arcana, which is, I guess, like the beginning of a journey or something. And um, at the end of it, you're kind of separated from the Fool. And the Fool then embodies... Um, kind of goes off and does its own thing and embodies all these other... The, this, the Arcana that you battled previously. And so you, playing as yourself, while this awesome, awesome, awesome pop music plays, go through and refight... like It's like a boss rush... It's exactly bosses, a boss rush. It's a boss rush, but at the end of them, instead of like you know conquering them, you give them a kiss on the cheek and they're really happy, and then you move on. And it's like this really kind of sweet like catharsis of like you know kind of like accepting you know this is the journey I went through and it sucked, and these are all the stages I went through and it sucked, but like I'm I've made peace with that. And at the very end of it all, after you've like kind of fought all these bosses, you just float back into your bedroom. And uh, Queen Latifah says you got your groove back and you play a little song on your <laughs> guitar. And it's 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 really great. It's really perfect.
3: Yeah, the, the fun part is that it it is a boss rush. So as a game, it's testing you to get through all these sections again. But instead of slashing through somebody like you would in the regular game, you're giving them a little bit of a peck on the cheek and that melts them away the same way. Mm-hmm. So thematically and with what the whole game is doing, it's really good.
1: So is it the whole final level as the moment or the final like you've
0: I think after you fight like from the moment after you've beaten the big spinning wheel of death. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the acceptance part after that. Like kinda like the healing of the wounds part. Yeah. Which is the song Wild Hearts Never Die.
1: Well.
3: Yeah. I think personally that this what they've done with After Party and setting up one way, and and that twist of it there is really good, and I think that should be the yeah. winner. I think so I think or Wild Hearts and um, God, probably Outer Wilds would be the runners up that I would put on there.
1: Yeah,
3: I think yeah, that sounds I, like I'm what with
1: that. after party sounds like this year's Revan twist from the
3: <laughs> <Final> Republic. <laughs> Star Wars shoehorn.
0: <laughs> Still feel bad
4: I never got that far.
1: Oh sorry, spoilers.
4: That's okay. <laughs> so everyone prefers Wilds over Worlds? I knew it
0: would come yeah. down to this at some point. <laughs> the titles are too similar. Uh I would vote for Wilds. Yep.
2: Yeah. Is Spencer still in the call? I am still in the call, I'm just dying. Oh I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm s- I'm very hungry.
0: Do you have a do you have a vote? Um
2: it's <laughs> just this outer right now I'm, I'm gonna say uh
1: man because
2: i'm really enjoying the outer wild uh outer worlds <laughs> fuck me it's um, not our fault that they named the games so. i know <clears throat> and i personally enjoyed that a lot so yeah i'm gonna get i'm gonna say worlds okay so Out, outer wild sounds spectacular i also don't know when i'm gonna have the um mental cohesion to actually play that okay, so we got two for right, outer so worlds it feels
1: like outer wilds the the it's it's you painted a clearer picture than what happens with poverty like i understand that 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 sounds interesting and cool but it feels like the moment that you um overcome the outer wilds 22 minute cycle when you put all the pieces together and surround mm-hmm. that that speaks to me more than a longer character development arc and then this thing happens and it just seems like there's a clearer story what what was being told about outer wild so i'm more inclined to support that even though i honestly may not enjoy getting to that point um okay.
2: i'm gonna let you guys tally votes i'm gonna go get a plate or something okay all
4: right well doug said wild so okay that's it okay it, All right, so we're taking a break before tone control then? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, we're probably going to
0: need to go an hour longer than we scheduled to get top 10 in. Is that okay with everybody? Yeah, yeah
3: that's
5: fine.
1: I, Maybe. <laughs> we just got to push through. Yeah.
4: All right. How long is this break going to be? Uh, let's see. It's uh, well, 640 let's, here. Let's, say let's wrap up the
3: section first before we get on to this other side. Oh, I think we did. But let's tell our listeners if we're having... Oh, you know, right. Best the moment... Winner,
0: winner best moment do you want to say it doug
3: sure uh, best moment after party and what we're subtitling the devil's intervention uh, runner runners up sign out wild hearts specifically for wild hearts never die and outer wilds for putting all the pieces together
0: cool all right let's uh take a break uh and we'll be back uh with more categories in the top 10 after this Alright, we're back from break. We've all eaten food, we're uh, feeling a little bit more alive, and we're ready to try and get through the rest of these Category Awards. Uh, We still have about half of them left to go. Next one up is Best Tone Control, uh, which is the game that demonstrated the best mastery over the tonal consistency of its experience. Uh, Nominees are Death Stranding, Control, Sayonara Wild Hearts, A Short Hike, Outer Wilds, Dicey Dungeons, Mitazione, I like to say it like a, I don't know, whatever, terrible. On it. <laughs> there uh, it is. Almost bo- I almost went into Borat voice, but I tried not to. Uh, later, Alligator, Eliza, and Dragon Quest XI S Definitive Edition. I don't think we really need to include that part, but okay. I choose yes. to, because it's the game that came out this year. Uh,. Who's got a game think
4: they think needs to be on this list or needs to go? I mean, it's Control. Yes. It's obviously in the name,
1: so... <laughs>
4: Seems like an open-and-shut case
1: there. Well, yeah. Let's pack it in, boys. I'm yeah.
2: deeply here. skeptical of Dragon Quest's presence on here, but I'm also deeply skeptical of Dragon Quest, so that might just be me. I think
4: it's you. It's Tone Control in that it has the exact same goddamn tone it's had for the last 30
1: years. Yeah, but it's so nice. <laughs> but isn't that Death Stranding just another Kojima experience? No, <laughs> oh, it's weird. It's real <laughs> weird. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, oh like, it's real weird. This is so it's yeah. more no, no, weird it's, it's,
2: Kojima. it's Kojima Unchained at this point. <laughs> yeah. like, like, he was being reined in by a studio before, and Sony was just like, hey, hey, you, do a you want to Here's a little mountain of money. <laughs> Here's a bunch of money. Just do whatever. And then he, and then he was like, cap a fucking monster energy can. I, we don't care.
1: Yeah, yeah. See, I need to play that game because in the abstract it still does not sound great to me. <laughs> oh, it's
0: Some might say it's the best game of the year. I don't know. We'll I don't say. know. Who, Who
1: might say that later? Yeah, so, I don't know. Well, this is Chekhov's gun. We're, it's definitely you
4: know, uh, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts type of game.
1: Yeah. Nice.
4: Oh.
1: Uh, what can we cut? Somebody else needs to fucking like, slaughter themselves for once.
0: I think we cut Control. Just kidding, I think it probably doesn't get cut. Uh, I think Sayonara Wild Hearts has to be on here.
2: As the uh, outsider on all of these, um, the most compelling are Control, Sayonara, and Outer Wilds, I think.
4: I'm okay
5: with that.
2: Although
4: I
0: think Death Stranding, well, yeah, I would take that.
4: How does Outer Wilds demonstrate token Control?
0: Uh, it's really actually pretty strong throughout. Like, the game t- takes great pains at the beginning to kind of get you oriented with, like, who you are and how you move through the world. It teaches you about gravity, space exploration, your uh, your species understanding of the, of the solar system. And there's a really stark contrast in the architecture, communication styles, uh, pronoun usage, all that stuff between your species, which uh, doesn't use gender pronouns, and then the Nomai, who are the precursor race who all died. Um, and just the use of music and sound throughout, the colorfulness of things, there's a kind of like an underlying whimsy, despite the fact that the story is really depressing, ultimately. Um, I don't know. I felt like it was very tonally consistent.
4: All right, so Nick, I I assume you're the only one that nominated Dicey Dungeons, but that's still on here, even though you have three other choices ahead of Dicey Dungeons. Are we cutting it?
0: Uh dicey dungeons dicey dungeons uh yeah you you broke up sorry um yeah uh, it's fine
3: dicey dungeon dungeons seems nice but that doesn't necessarily mean it's good tone control
0: i yeah i mean does, it, it all fits together like a glove but it's
4: does that mean we uh, cut uh, later alligator too
0: it's a great it's a great tone you get three in but it. yeah it's
4: Oh my god. Why don't you cut something? (laughs) I have my three. I'm good. Let's cut control. No, it's one of my three. You have three, and then you have more than that.
0: I noted three. Do you see that? Yes.
4: And then there's still (laughs) Dicey Dungeons, Later Alligator, and Eliza, all of which you nominated.
1: Me, yes, point.
4: Sure. (laughs) Let's cut control. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ, Nick. How how many runners-up do you want, Nick? Do you want five runners-up?
0: I'm cutting the four you said. Just give me a second.
1: (laughs) This category has seven runners-up.
0: Okay. So now we have six.
2: What wins this? What indeed?
1: Well, are we all aligned on tone? what we're actually voting for when it comes to tone. I know what the category says. I'm just curious.
2: Yeah. I think it's
0: just tunnel consistency. Like, what I do in Control feels very misaligned from the tone of that game for me, so I struggle with that. But when I look at it just as like the aesthetics and the environments, Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. I see a lot of overlap there, but I also feel like the story doesn't really engage with um, the trappings in a nice way.
1: Yeah, I I mean I can I can agree with that to the point of I think the tone and the aesthetic which we awarded for art direction control is consistent throughout. That artistic tone is carried throughout. I had more problems I think in finishing the game of feeling like I actually accomplished something or I was fully Int, uh, engaged and satisfied mm-hmm. with the end experience with control by the end mm-hmm. of it that i think it would dock a bit of its uh, tone
5: yeah.
1: um ranking here or eligibility i think that us acknowledging it as great art direction is fair for categorical nom- nominations so i'm willing to not fight for it essentially aaron
4: i assume you're nominating taziany
1: um i mean oh sorry i cut that on no it's on there but you know i i get the sense that trying to prove that game to the group is not worth the effort in the interest of time i think that its tone as a soap opera as a magical wild uh jungle world of mutants and interacting with them and talking to them it's very it's consistent tone throughout it's exactly what the game sets out to be from the beginning to the end Mm -hmm. and just the variation is in who you meet and how you talk to them and what you find out but i think it's a very consistent tone but i just don't know that it's a what are your three aaron many. that's gonna huh what are your three um it's gonna have to default to games that i've and have something to say about, uh, say, so probably control a short hike in Mutazione, but I would be willing to swap out Sayonara for control. So...
5: Dragon so we, Quest... Let's I cut think, Dragon Quest.
1: Yeah, I think Dragon Quest uh, did a lot of great things, but I don't know that tone feels right for the... I it, uh,
0: Yeah, it feels solid, but that's also like they made... Literally 11 of those games that are Plus,
5: yeah.
0: wholly invested in being just a Dragon Quest game. Like, they're so in love with what they have. They're very conservative. I don't really feel like there's a whole lot of... It's it's exactly what you expect from that game. Which is not to say it doesn't really qualify here. It's just I don't know if it's like the best tone. It's,
3: it's not to that it's it bad, it it's just that it's extremely unsurprising. Nick, yeah. it
4: sounds like you've given up on Death Stranding. I don't know that it has great tone control, honestly.
0: Like, it kind of goes all over the place. In That's places. what I was going
1: to say. It's like this, from what you, the both of you have been describing, is it does not sound consistent, which is not a bad thing, but it doesn't mean that it should be the winner or a runner-up in this category. Yeah. It can be inconsistent in tone, but the category is, of course, best tone. Right.
2: Kojima is not a tone in and of himself. All right, we're down to four.
4: Yeah. Okay. Doug, I assume you're backing Sayonara.
3: What do we got? Yeah... Well, on, from my view here, we've got five still, right? Death Stranding, Control, Scionata No, Wild Death Stranding is a short cut. Death
4: Stranding Cut? Okay.
1: Still five, though.
4: <clears throat> Control, Scionata Short <laughs> Hike,
1: Pilarats. And Mutazium. Just because I, I said Mutazium is fine, I wasn't sure if anybody thought uh, I think a
0: short hike has to be on here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we can. Um, I mean. If I have to pick, I'm going to pick Mutazione over Control and Sayonara. Okay. If I have to pick further, that would be Mutazione, Sayonara, and a short hike. Okay. So Control
5: is my weakest
3: link. So we talked earlier about Mutazione and what it does for a story, but how does it con- contain that control, or how does it contain that tone all throughout?
1: It's it's back to its whole tagline of being a soap opera, and feels that way throughout and it's character interactions. Yes, it's an adventure game. It's, it's not point and click really, but, um, you come to the Island, you're a fish out of water. You interact with the locals. You learn about your grandfather who's sick. You help him heal. And then you learn shamanistic musical cues to plant gardens to, um, and the gardens represent essentially the personality of every person that you meet on the Island. Um, and that tone of mysticism and mystery, and mutants living in this kind of isolated community, um, is comes into the plants and the musical kind of side mini game that you do, <clears throat> the sort of quests and interactions you have with people. But again, it's a it's a soap opera, so it does fit within that tone throughout.
0: Is it your number one
1: from this list? Yeah uh maybe a short hike like sayonara is I think a clear winner <clears throat> but you know I I just don't feel as passionate about it personally. Okay. Uh so again it's control for me. I think got I got out uh what I wanted out of it being nominated for art direction. Um that tone of art and Outer Wilds I haven't played so I can't speak to it. A short hike I think it had an excellent um, feeling in playing that, and it, it also set out to do and accomplish what it set out to do pretty yeah. well. But um, I'm not sure how much more I can elaborate on that, so I'm curious to hear maybe next thoughts. Yeah,
0: I'll say for a short hike because I might even put it above Sayonara Wild Hearts in some ways, because I, I think that where Aaron kind of fell off of Sayonara Wild Hearts was the act of play versus the experience of the game beyond that, and I can see that, because like, it's, it's a really different kind of playing game than most games these days. It's, it, it's got a loose arcade, intense style to it. Uh, whereas A Short Hike, everything you do, everything you see, everything you hear, everything you read is so consistent throughout. It's just I think it's like a, a textbook case of like or example of how to make a game that's all about like just a very it knows exactly what it is and every part of it is permeated with that sense of purpose. So yeah. I would put that at number one.
3: I agree. Yeah, I think I really liked *Sign Out of Wild Hearts as well. I don't know if its tone control is is you know better than that or if it's the standout feature, I guess you could say. It does control things pretty well in terms of aesthetic, design, graphics, um, music, of course. But it's a fairly straightforward story, so there's not as much there to dig into, whereas others that we're looking at here have a lot more to do with in terms of the uh, narrative or in terms of... Like just having much more meat there than an implied narrative, like Sayonara.
0: Yeah, I think we can probably drop Outer Wilds based on this conversation. I think there are better things it does better. Yeah. And I don't. I honestly don't know if I could put it above Control. <clears throat> mm-hmm.
4: So we got Mitazion, Short Hike, Sayonara, Control. Doug, what are you? In, what are you feeling? Well
3: we've given control propers and other parts and mutation is as Aaron's saying a more adventure game which means if it's going to have sticking power if it's going to be really strong it should be stronger on the writing and on the aesthetic than it would be on gameplay per se
0: and it sounds like aaron thinks this is like probably the best tone control of the year is that right
1: um, in thinking through what you talked about with the short hike, I think that probably edges out, but okay. I think Mitazione is a good runner up. Okay.
0: You, you would put it above control? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, would you put it above Sinara
1: Wildhearts? Uh, a short hike?
0: Uh, sorry, Mitazione.
1: Um, yeah. Okay. I think so. Okay. <sighs> Sounds like it. Well,
3: I, I could do that my... three. I could see that three. A short Hike, um, mutation and Sinairo Wild Hearts. I can see that.
2: Spencer? Yeah, I'm alright with that.
0: Cool. What wins it? What wins it? I vote a Short Hike.
1: Yeah, I'm good with that.
2: Yeah, I'll give it to that. Yep.
1: Alright.
0: And then, so the winner is A Short Hike with Runners-Ups, uh Sayonara Wild
2: Hearts, and uh, Mutazione.
1: Mutazione.
2: <laughs> hey, Mutazione. We have to stop.
1: <laughs> I'm going to keep going. I'm not sure, sure about okay. it, as you can hear. Right at all.
0: All right, next category. Would someone do the honors, please, of reading it?
1: Sure. <clears throat> This category, the full category, and the nominations? Uh,
0: yes, the full okay. name and the n- nominations. All
1: right. This is the Norman Reedus Gig Economy Worker Memorial Award, parentheses, brought to you by Hideo Kojima in a special partnership with Monster Energy, in parentheses. Uh, and the nominees are literally just any part of Death Stranding, but especially, colon, Chapter 4, Delivering Mama, Understanding How Melee Slash Throne Combat Works, parentheses, It's Fucking Silly. Next nominee, Untitled Goose Game, Honk, is the original context there. Honk. Uh, uh, next nominee is Learning How to Use Quantum Physics in the Outer Wilds, and then the final nominee is Pot Noble Harunaga from Sekiro. Uh, he lives in a jar, and he desperately wants you to help him transform into a giant carp, which you do end up accomplishing <laughs> as a side quest.
4: All right, so some context for anyone who's actually crazy enough to be listening to this who isn't. One of the five of us. Uh, this is not just weirdness in games. This is weirdness as a part of gameplay that makes sense mm-hmm. in a way that only games can accomplish.
0: Yeah, it's it's a silly title, but it's meant to convey something of like something novel or unexpected or just very very strange. This started with
4: uh, faltoning in Phantom yeah. Pain, which was you airlifting supplies and human beings out of war zones using air balloons hot air balloons
3: yep and i'm not sorry like, i just added in hope oh, go ahead
4: or i'm not talking like full-scale hot air balloons but like deployable hot air balloons that would just instantly oh. lift these people into the sky and then send them to your base it was Doug just added
3: well I was gonna say to to finish off on Fultoning the best part is that they had small Fultons with animals at the uh, TGS booth that year with Metal Gear Solid (laughs) I remember that (laughs) pretty well uh I just I just added in one more which is for
1: late nominee
3: late late coming in hot um for what the golf as in the first time you launch something that's not a golf ball
0: that's pretty funny
1: Okay, so I will put this out there and just uh, sense from the crowd whether or not it's worth even discussing more. So the pot noble Harunaga thing, again, a game Sekiro that I did finish, uh, which is just, to preface, a very rare thing for me to give a shit about any of these born style games and to suffer through the frustration to bother uh, completing them. Sure. Um, so early in the game, you end up finding these treasure cards, scales across the world and you can um, farm them a little bit later by killing these giant carp so you have these items you don't really know what to do with them until you eventually find a vendor the first vendor you find is this uh man in this long tall pot just in, on this riverbank so you know like okay what the fuck is that this long kind of um, adam's family-ish arm comes out of the pot and like you can buy sell things from this one Later he sounds on. like a Majora's
0: Mask NPC. Yeah,
1: a little bit, actually. <laughs> later on, you end up finding another one of these pot nobles. I don't know why they're called pot nobles. There are two of them. Karumagi, I think, and Harunaga something. Uh, you find like his brother, Harunaga, later on in the game, when you've uh, grown, accomplished, you've, you've beaten more of the levels. And then he tells you, well, you know, I could fulfill my dream of becoming a full life-size carp If you did decide to give me those scales that you've been collecting, um, which you didn't know up to that point was an option. So you're like, okay. So you eventually collect treasure carp scales and you give it to him. And he's like, great, thank you. And you come back later and he's a giant talking carp that you can interact with. And that's really it. (laughs) <laughs> but it's that's it's you know it's just a silly thing. Um, the game is very serious because it's of course a Souls game that sometimes has some dark humor in there. But it's just an unexpected thing that is out of um, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't know. Like to the gameplay perspective, you collect these items, you can't spend them on other things later. But you end up if you save enough of them, you have this little fun kind of weird. Change in the tone, um, and yeah, it was it was fun. Um, I don't know that it's the most batshit thing here, but I just wanted to state that about this before we potentially drop it. So,
0: is he like swimming around
1: when he come back? Yeah, he like pops up. He's a giant carp. Okay, still have a conversation with him. Cool. The game is weird, just like a lot of Souls games are. But that was the weirdest thing to me that stuck out. So. So,
3: a quick search, because I was interested if this referred to anything in Japanese lore or had any other, you know, connections and to double-check things. Um, On a Sekiro Shadows Die Twice wiki, it says that this is the only NPC that was worked on by Miyazaki himself. (laughs) I didn't know that. Which I think... That's good to know. I, I, I think um to to reveal the veil a bit. Aaron was very down on this because nobody else has really played Sekiro and nobody's as interested. Yeah, yeah. This may help boost that because this is this is into the vein of what we want with this category, which is weird stuff done directly by the auteur themselves.
1: And I'm I'm trying to look at that now and I think, you know, there is within the uh realm of gameplay benefit for this weirdness is that it gives you this item, which is bait. And I believe that that is, yeah, so it's a key item. And then that bait that this guy who you turn into a giant carp and he gives you, you can use to fight the giant carp boss that's underwater in this map. And it's this, like this massive giant carp. So, you know, there is an element to that, but it is completely ancillary. If you never do that, you'll never fight that boss or have to worry about it.
0: That sounds weird conceptually. I'm not yeah. sure about the mechanics part. And how much that matters. Uh, I like that story a lot, though. Um, I think I'll talk about... Let's talk about the honk
2: thing real fast, maybe? Um, Honk. Honestly, as much as I love Goose Game, and as much as I think it's going to do very well, again, you know, Cherkov's pistol and everything, um, I don't think it belongs on here. Why is that? The reason I think it doesn't belong on here is because it's not weird. <laughs> like, this is the thing is,
1: gooses do honk. Gooses yeah.
2: do honk. Like, that's that's pretty much it. It's, you Hater's know, gonna hate goose is going to run honk. and do goose things. Gooses are, you know, geese are annoying. Um,
1: Was the intent of this nominee to be, like, just the absurdity of the fact that the first time you're playing it, almost like in a moment of, like, I have a button for honking? Yep. That's fucking weird. I mean, I guess you, that's. You might assume
2: it doesn't weird, do anything,
0: but, but it does quite a bit, so.
2: Yeah, I just I don't see it as, as weird as that may sound. Like I I don't know. That I, game follows its own internal logic. I think it makes perfect sense. I don't think that it really gets us into the Kojima yeah. territory, other than it is kind of a metal solid game, a Metal Gear solid game.
3: Actually Goose Game is a hitman game. Yeah, it's somewhere
5: okay. in the
0: middle. Uh, it's it's a real good one of those, though, for sure. I think it's just it's uh, just
3: funny. It's just the part of the meme and part of the culture and part of everything around that game is just the fact that there's a honk button. It does exactly what it says on the tin. It provides you the glorious chance to scare townspeople. Uh, I'm I'm per- personally of the preference of the headcanon that is. This is a small Tory. British town, and so they deserve everything they get from the goose. Um, Oh yeah,
0: but But the developers went on record as saying, "Actually, no. Like this is taking place in an alternate universe where like Thatcher never happened, so they're all actually communists,
3: (laughs) (laughs) which makes it even better."
2: That just that just ruins it. But yeah, I feel bad about everything I've done. Yeah,
1: you're hurting your comrades.
3: Well, in any case, it's it's funny and it's absurd, but it. I think Spencer's right. It it makes sense within its category. I think we're also like okay. We've we've put down any part of Death Stranding, but how about that we monster that, that monster energy tie-in? <laughs>
2: that is that super no, that pales it's in awesome.
4: comparison to what is mentioned here, which is the uh, projectiles, which uh, oh,
0: your the body
1: fluid projectiles, oh, the
0: ex grenades.
4: Yep, your character, yeah. uh, Norman Reedus, Sam Porter Bridges is special. He, his Porter. name is literally Porter, and yep. he
1: makes bridges.
0: Sam Porter Bridges. And, yeah, he works for Bridges. That's that's all he, His job managers. title
5: is Porter. Yeah, and
4: his uh, genetic quality is unique, which you find out why later in the game, but uh, he can harm the weird ghost monsters that are out in the world. Not through his fists, but through his nope. bodily fluids. And that means you actually have to collect Said bodily fluids, which means you You gotta do some pooping. You have to make him use the facilities. So the the piss thing
1: is,
2: I I thought you could just piss in the game. I didn't realize pissing was a core mechanic. So if you Ooh. piss
0: in the world, it's actually nice because then like you create a spot where other players can collect these things called crypto biotes <laughs> and heal them. What in the? How is this even a discussion? It also how, is behind a giant holographic uh, mushroom for some reason. How
2: are we still over here claiming that it's not going to be Death Stranding? <laughs> it is.
1: Holy look, fuck. it is this category, and this is finally the year where Norman Reedus and Kojima finally merge into a real game. I think so we were think just it, giving everything. Yeah. We're just giving everything just their
3: shout. It. Yeah. yeah. Um,
4: yes. it, might, it might be Norman Reedus' body as the winner. <laughs> Is this so the I first have game a... that lets you throw your own feces at anything? It might be.
1: Oh, uh, The piss jar.
4: No, oh, I like said feces. T- oh, okay. This might <laughs> did, actually be the first game where you can do might that. be the first game I'd play where you can donate blood.
1: Judges? Let's see games where you so, throw. Does any of the
3: excrement. does any of the urine come out in grenade form? Because basically, what I want to say yes. is, okay, so Kojima is basically stolen from Mexican soccer fans. Then,
5: oh, you know
1: what? South Park '64. Oh, well, you sure. Shit. Cow shit gun, right? Oh, but that's that's a cow. That's, that's not right. your but own shit. We said excrement. Look, yeah, the, let's split hairs here for game of the deck. You know you know,
0: you know, my favorite part about this whole thing is when you're <laughs> sitting in your private room and Norma Edis is looking at the camera and you're looking at the shower and he looks over at the camera and he winks at you.
1: God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. I'm about to shit in the <laughs>
4: And then the <laughs> door closes and it's an advertisement for his real reality AMC show The Ride oh, And not just for that, nice. not just for that show but specifically for the third season of that show. never mind that this story takes place in the future. <laughs> so oh does, does that they're either no. acknowledging that that is the best season of that show that is the final season of that show or, For whatever reason, it's just the only thing they could get to cover up the toilet.
0: The product placement is so strange in that game that someone could write a dissertation
1: on it. Okay, so I think we're in agreement that something from Death Stranding will win. Are we going to pick one thing,
0: though? I think it's probably Sam's body (laughs) or his humors. His
4: X-Grenades? It's either that or the fact that your canteen converts rainwater into monster energy drink.
3: That would be the only other one.
4: Well, I mean, yeah, actually, long. I would
2: use a canteen that turns um, that into that, yeah. Monster so.
0: is, like, actual garbage piss. I would never drink it, but, like, that is pretty cool that your canteen does that.
1: Um, Did they fund the development of that game? Surely I mean, honestly, there
4: like... is some money involved. It's,
1: it's <laughs> Death Stranding. Let's
3: move on. It's, it's Japanese uh, game business. I'm sure they're just drinking buddies.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me tell you about quantum physics in our wilds real fast. So Wilds has a lot of principles of the universe. You learn them, and then you can beat the game. One of them is how uh, quantum superposition works, which is that there are objects in the universe, uh, either boulders on a cliff or like a literal fucking moon, that when they're observed, they stay in place, but as soon as they're no longer under observation, they change. They move positions, they change their properties in some way, and learning how to teleport yourself by blinding yourself, turning off all the lights... And losing all your sensory perception in order to move across the entire galaxy is a big part of that game. And it's really fucking cool and weird when you do it. Uh, I think it's really neat. And it's also completely bonkers mechanically.
4: Alright, Tone Control is... Oh, not Tone Control. best can... Yeah, Norman Reedus. The Norman Reedus. Uh, Death Stranding, Runners Up, Our Wilds, and What the Golf.
1: Taking a leap, but I'm fine with that.
0: All alright. I think I would go for a Pot Noble, but like what the golf is just a—it's just Angry Birds but with other shit. <laughs> so I haven't even
5: what,
3: played that, no. what I thought that of it? and what I brought in was that it's really interesting the first time, like because it kind of builds your you up as the ball for a little bit, and then it has you yeah. launching other stuff, and it does a lot of fun it's and funny. it's it's cute and funny. But actually, I do think the the Pot Noble from it sounds. That sounds like an interesting, funny, weird mechanic, and the fact that it was the one part that Miyazaki touched is is fantastic. I'm
4: surprised Baba is you isn't on here?
1: Nope, don't even go there.
4: Oh, whoops. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Moving along.
4: So we'll put
3: okay, we'll,
0: so. Pot noble.
3: Yeah, let me. I'll put the title in there properly,
0: but.
4: Um, okay.
0: Cool. Death Stranding wins this with Outer Wilds and Pot Noble Harunaga from uh, Sekiro. Best yep.
4: continuation.
0: You know, there's this giant snake in Sekiro, and I wanted to call it Snekiro from that point on. That's his
1: name. Can we just end the end uh, the podcast
0: yeah. now? Just shut it down. Sure. Shut it down. Sure, that's fair. I'm, I'm being arrested right now. Best continuation, Tyler. Uh,
4: this is uh, to a uh, series that is continued either through DSE or a sequel. Uh, nominees currently include Celeste, Farewell, Resident Evil 2, Steam World Quest, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which had uh, two major expansions this year, Battlefield 5, Red Dead Revolver, no, Red Dead Redemption 2 <laughs> online, Red Revolver, folks. Grand Surprise! Win? <laughs> Grand Turismo Sport.
1: Oh boy. Okay, you can drop fucking Battlefield. You can drop Red
4: Dead. Uh, why is Red Dead even on here? Do you play Red Dead Online?
1: Are you a cowpoke, Aaron? I mean, Red Dead Online got better. I, just because you're not playing it doesn't mean it didn't improve. Ad systems, ad classes... Are you playing jobs. it? I played it a few weeks ago. Okay. Okay. Fair. I'm just that. saying. I'm just saying. Cool. I never hear you talk uh, about it. You could... Well, because I know I'll just get shit on. Uh, hey, I'm sympathetic
0: to this game now. You're safe. <laughs> That's
1: true. I think... Uh, you could probably drop, I don't know, Tyler, how you're going to feel, but probably drop Assassin's Creed. Like, those are great DLCs, yeah. but I don't know that anyone else is going to buy it. Uh,
4: I found the, the first Blade, uh, the way they handled that situation, is uh, actually pretty trashy. In that yeah. they, mm-hmm. they give you this experience where you can roleplay for the first time in Assassin's Creed a certain way, and then they release a DLC that's like, nope, psych, your character is going to do exactly Maybe. what we want them to do. Oh, is
0: this like the you're-going-to-get-pregnant thing no yeah. matter what? Yep. Yikes. Yeah. You yeah. have
1: to continue the line.
0: Ugh.
1: But, yeah, so that's fine. I'm glad to uh, hear that most curious. of the season pass
4: is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. I heard the Atlanta stuff is good. Yes.
1: I think, so from what's left, I feel like, you know, Gran Turismo is a strong discussion. I know that others haven't played that, but literally that is probably one of the best, and I'll support Doug on this, is that it's one of the best... Um, continual models, software as a service, whatever, games mm. as a service, for largely free, right? Yeah. For continuations. Um, Celeste, of course, added. I'm curious to see, though, Resident Evil 2, what Tyler, you're thinking there. It's just as far as probably
4: existence. the best uh, video game remake I've ever played. Like, every wow. video game remake either feels like it lives in the shadow of its original, like basically as Shadow of the Colossus did it feels like it adheres either too closely to the original, which is how I felt about the 3DS uh, remakes of the Zelda 64 games, where they're both still good, but they were just remade versions of that game. Whereas Resident Evil 2 just completely reimagines the uh, story and the context Mm. with new gameplay systems in a way that feels both new and familiar. So like,
1: yeah, it's it's successful, and that's why now we're
0: pro- apparently getting the RE three remake. Yeah. And so, th- just the fact that can would do a good Nemesis impression?
4: Stars. <laughs> but just the fact no, just that got... Capcom can c- continue rebuilding this series, can continue reinventing it, especially after the garbage that was Resident Evil six, and have mm. it make it still relevant, still enjoyable, still like a a tentpole in uh basically the video game industry is extremely impressive to me.
0: I think it's cool too because this is also coming after RE7 which was a really big departure mechanically and even setting-wise in a lot of ways from what I can tell. And RE2, you know, it is an existing story, existing characters, and a lot of existing mechanics, but they're just updated in some really smart ways to where it feels like a fresh game, like it's for someone like me, who wasn't very good at the original games, but like got in an RE4 and played the ones after that, going back to RE2 like this, it was really uh, satisfying for me to be able to jump in. Yeah, it felt fresh.
1: Yeah, it's it's to Tyler's statement is it's a way to modernize a property without being slavishly devoted to the original source material to the point of making it feel um, too similar. It is almost like what would happen if they made that game today. Without yeah. prior knowledge, in a good way. Um, yeah, it was a fantastic remake. And I'm interested, and I think it makes sense to see it as a continuation, especially if we're talking about previous iterations and current versions of the property.
0: Cool. It sounds to me like RE2 is on this list. Uh, is SteamWorld Quest... SteamWorld Quest is a new game. Yeah, but it's a new it's a Steamworld game. Yes. So, how do you feel like this is a continuation?
4: Um, well, the developer Image and they've only made games in the Steam World universe or whatever you want to call it, similar to uh, like the Odd World series, where it's a mm-hmm. unifying tone across uh, multiple games. And so, like, there's a pretty big difference between the way that like the Dig games, the Heist game, and now this game all play. Whereas the, the dig games are both like kind of Metroidvania style uh, based on like exploration and power ups to open up more spaces for you. The heist game is like a 2D uh, tactic style, like almost like Xcom. And then this one is like a fantasy card element. So it's just it's wild to me to watch uh, the same developer uh, seemingly effortlessly uh, create functional and enjoyable works in all these different genres all within a distinctly recognizable visual style and continuity that uh, evokes the other materials. Like there are references in Heist to Dig and there are references to Dig in this.
5: Hmm.
4: So it's not like it's all the same story. You're not finding out what happens to those characters in Quest, but it's definitely like, oh, this is a shared universe of these sentient robots. Okay. Okay. So I I really like the cool. art style. I like the world and it's just it's impressive to me the way that the the developer can pull off all these different genres within this same world without it feeling too gimmicky, too forced or just not fun.
0: Cool. That's interesting. I've only ever played the dig games, but I like them quite a bit. Um and I'm I'm definitely intrigued by this one. Um let me should I mention some things about Celeste for a while since it hasn't come up yet. Sure. Um, cool. So this uh, this is DLC that came out almost two years after the original game launched, and it, it was awaited for a long time. Uh, they spent a long time on it, and the reason why is that the uh, amount of extra screens is almost it almost like I think adds another fifty percent to the length of the game. It's a gigantic add-on, and it's um, the purpose of it is. This is after Madeline's climbed the mountain. Everything, you know, she's gone back home. Theo's gone back home. Uh, she comes back because the uh, the old lady who she met uh, has died, and she's like Madeline's like heartbroken about it. And then she sees this the crow who you might remember from the the beginning of Celeste and throughout the game. And she's like, oh, the crow or raven or whatever is like maybe she'll maybe the raven will lead me to like find the old lady. And maybe she's not actually dead and so it's just kind of it's a it's a it's a metaphorical journey as celeste originally was about uh like in this in this case it's about dealing with grief instead of like anxiety and uh it's so the levels kind of mirror that where um madeline kind of like the challenges ramp up at a really steady clip but they add a lot of really interesting mechanics into it um that are really uh kind of building on what's already there but then you chain them together in really interesting ways um, what really stands out to me here is like this is uh, an add-on where halfway through the game's like okay you can do everything we can throw at you we can you can do everything by the book we're going to show you how to cheat and how to break the game and now we're going to expect you to break the game to finish it and so there's a literally a powerpoint tutorial you have to watch on how to wave dash that with this like really cheesy elevator music playing it's great (laughs) and it shows you how to do all these speedrun strats and it's like okay look this game's been out long enough you're still playing this level uh, here's how to do this thing where you can like dash into the ground at an angle, regain your dash ability while you're still maintaining maximum moment, momentum, and then jump to maintain your momentum while you carry that dash with you, so you can then like do an extra dash once you land, or get across the chasm. And so from there, it just uses all that along with other things like dashing upward into a ledge, and then jumping right when you hit it to maintain momentum. And it just, it, it pushes it to the limit. It's like the it's the, uh, platonic ideal of Celeste kind of made manifest, and it's hard as shit, but it's like exactly what that game should have done with DLC. The music uh, slaps, too.
1: (laughs) I mean, that sounds like the most from here traditional maybe Gran Turismo, but most traditional and impressive continuation, literally speaking, from the core base game. Whether or not you can actually finish it or beat it doesn't matter. I mean, I barely beat it, but... (laughs) Still, that that, notwithstanding, that is a direct continuation of the Celeste model, and Mm -hmm. and breaking it sounds really interesting.
0: The the two I see on here that I think best fit best continuation are RE2 and Celeste. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I could see either SteamWorld Quest or Gran Turismo Sport. I'd love to hear more about Gran Turismo, though.
3: All right. I think I mentioned it last year, but as the game originally launched in late 2017, it seemed a bit thin to a lot of people. Um, they're expecting a Gran Turismo or a main Forza Motorsport game to have a couple hundred cars and a ton of different places and a whole, you know, huge single player that you go through. Um, it didn't have that. It had a couple of things you could take care of, a couple of things you could do single player, but it was mostly focused on racing and sport. And as the title is. Uh, what they've done since, through all of 2018 and now all of 2019, is add a bunch of cars and a bunch of tracks, which, okay, yeah, racing game adding cars and tracks, news at 11, this sounds pretty standard, <laughs> but they've done so, they've added um, some the new Toyota Supermodel in concert with Toyota unveiling the car, so it's done in connection with the actual automaker, they've added new tracks that people have wanted to. And now we have the continuation of Laguna Seca being in every Gran Turismo game since GT Two, so that's you know these sort of things are still continuing. Um, They're teasing the new tracks at their esports events, where they get people, where they get the actual events together. Often the new track, or in the case of one earlier this year, the the first track in the rain, it's being debuted before it's being released to the public. So you know, using your esports to help build up the community feeling a little bit, you know, that's not a big surprise either, but it's really smart marketing, Um, and all of this has been free, if you bought the original Mm. game, it's all come for free, which is amazing, they only just recently put out the first paid piece of DLC, and it's essentially a set of challenges where you try in the game to beat times, and to follow, um, like to to try to, to increase your ability and match up with time set in the game by the Formula One world champion, Lewis Hamilton, who's also sponsored and has a deal with Gran Turismo. So the fact that that's the first paid DLC and not any of the cars or any of the content is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, if there was a best DLC model category, (laughs) Gran Turismo would surely win it, just because of how they treated their player base, for sure.
3: I mean, it's it's also, it helps to be under Sony's watch and not really have to make, like, I really wonder what their books look like and just how much this game is bringing in based on sales versus how much they've put into it for time and for effort, because it has to be, yeah, uh, it has to be just a overhead. loss leader, yeah. but it's, it's done so well, like, I was really down on GT for GT5 and the PS3, and I thought GT6 brought things back really well, but what they did with Sport is more than just what Forza did with Forza Motorsport 7, which is still their most recent sim-style project out there. And that also has eSports. It also has a big following, but I think Sony's done it a lot better with GT. And they've, they've done something where they stripped it all down, but now they're building it back up piece by piece. It, it almost reminds me a little bit of the Hitman game from a few years ago. Hmm. where if, if this had all been in the game at the launch, we wouldn't still be talking about it two years later.
5: Mm-hmm. But
3: rolling it out month by month on a regular basis is, allowed them to do actual new cars coming out in, re- in the real world to add in sets of cars. So like three or four cars basically making an online racing class in and of itself. Because mm-hmm. you just need two or three different types to then seed a group of cars in for the ra- for the game. And then They did that with the Japanese cars that race here in Japan in real life, like the Nissan, the the Honda, and the Toyota that race in real life. And then they brought some of the classic ones back that had been in previous games that are also, again, these were cars that really raced in that category in real life. So now you have three current ones, and you can balance those out racing online. And the three classics, it it makes a lot of sense. I think they've done a really good job with it.
1: So what was proposed, for those who can't see... a winner of Resident Evil 2, the runner-ups of Celeste and Gran Turismo. How do we feel about that?
0: I would put Celeste over Resident Evil, but...
1: I actually would, too. To be honest.
0: And you finished Resident Evil? Yeah. yeah, Yeah.
1: It's great, I just, I still... As a continuation, I I can understand the logic, especially as reinvigorating the series a bit, but... I think Celeste. I would want to vault over, um, just as a literal continuation of the core mm-hmm. product.
0: Yeah, that was a game that like ended great. It was perfect. I don't. <laughs> uh, it's been written in the winner column, Gran Turismo, because Doug deserves it.
1: <laughs> Didn't it win the other year? I think it did. Something. Well, it got. Photo it was photo mode. mode yeah, you got one category already. You can be a runner up. <laughs>
0: I don't think Gran Turismo is the winner here, is it?
1: No, it's not. I, Celeste, that's... I, I I. feel strongly about Celeste being the winner, but that's okay. what the other votes are.
0: Yeah. Doug? What are the rest do you think? I think
3: Gran Turismo should be one of the nomination... Or one of the... Um, not just a nomination, what guy. It should definitely be one of the ones that's discussed and put in the top three, but I can't, you know... It doesn't revive the genre or it doesn't revive the series like RE2 did. And I think there's even more story stuff there in Celeste that hasn't been discussed as well. That it isn't, you know, it's GT's adding cars and it has a really cool business model. It it should be recognized, especially because it brought me back to being a big fan of a series that I think had burned me for a while. And the fact that it's all doing it for free is fantastic. But I don't think it makes it. That makes it the winner by itself.
4: I mean, I have a hard time arguing okay. against a uh, free, uh, good expansion to one of our game of the years. I personally am not interested at all in revisiting Celeste. I'm good with what I got out of it. So, uh. especially
3: when it's a DLC focused on doing speedrun stuff, which is really, really cool. But also the barrier, yeah. Entry after is watching, pretty
4: high. Nick's, uh... Thing that took him what hours to accomplish?
0: It took me eight hours to beat that level. Yeah, yeah,
4: no, no, I'm good. Thank, thank you, thanks, thanks for your effort, uh, <laughs> Celestine. It, it's
0: that's fair. I just I love that kind no, of. Like, I think I think effort.
1: though, in fairness to that, is that aside from our own personal proclivities to being able to do it or not, is the way that they continued that, like what Nick was talking about of actually introducing speed run techniques like awareness of the community that plays that game and has been playing it now for two years i get it build off of that and deliver that it's and fun. That's why it's a great okay. Yeah.
5: okay
2: yeah let's keep moving all
0: right cool celeste wins it resident evil 2 and Gran turismo sport or runners up Woo. best storytelling uh good games convey an essential experience what is the story that resonated most with us this year Nominees are Mutazione, Later Alligator, Outer Wilds, Outer Worlds, Eliza, Death Stranding, uh, parentheses, bucket let's talk about it, apparently I wrote that, and Untitled Goose Game. Uh, I'm cutting Outer
4: Worlds.
1: Right. Okay, cool.
4: Yeah. Uh, I'll cut Later Alligator. Outer Worlds is um, just too inconsistent. Yeah.
1: I, I would almost want to drop Mutazione, but I don't know that i feel good about outer wilds being in there but or even on title goose game i don't know
3: uh, i dropped that I in outer there Wild is really neat so i dropped that in there because it does a lot without any dialogue
0: it's really clever and it's use of like symbols and uh, uh motion and behavior and, and the fact that
3: the there's even a use for the flapping of wings at one point there is yeah
2: yeah have you not beaten
0: that I did. It was like months ago. What do you do with your wings?
3: Um, oh,
0: like to make the people cheer. Yeah, to make the people cheer. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Okay, it's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess my my uh, roadblock on that is that I feel like I don't know. Storytelling doesn't have to be here's a story. It said something in the end um, traditionally but I also am struggling to think of like what was the message of... Regardless of them saying that it's a socialist village and there's some undertones on their fucking Twitter account that they Communist, but yes. Sorry, communist. <laughs> um, uh, that doesn't... It doesn't, to me, feel like the story of Untitled Goose Game is what stuck with me. It was the mechanics, it was the music, it was the tone mm-hmm. things that we've already discussed yeah, otherwise. Yeah, I, I know. I, yeah, yeah, and I agree. this
3: was... a. a place where we only had four or five um nominations and just talking about it and saying hey this did it this did a lot with show and not tell at all um just to mm-hmm. just to you know tip the cap a little bit to the game that made you honk and understand what it did funny visually and what it did you know providing kind of an a, a ludonarrative experience in terms of you can take the farmer's cat and what happens you know all these different things that it did without any sort of dialogue on it
0: if anyone had a literal narrative on their bingo card, take a drink. Yep. <laughs> I think Eliza wins it. took us two hours when we got there. Uh, I think Eliza... Sure. I was actually going to say Outer Wilds.
1: Nope. 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 <laughs> Tyler, I, <laughs> I mean,
0: Eliza is impeccably written. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's, the, it's my new go-to recommendation when people are like, I've never played a visual novel. It's, I think it's the most accessible. When you
4: That's look great. at the context of the year, of the time and place that the game was made in, I think that this, more than anything on the list, has actually something to say, and it sounds like it accomplishes
0: that. I think it's Eliza, too, actually.
1: Uh, Do we feel passionately about fighting about the runner-ups, or do we just want to slap some in there? (laughs) We should talk about them.
0: We don't want to half-ass this. (laughs) Okay.
1: Well, not that, but I'm just curious. Hey,
3: Nick. It's time for you to fuck it and talk about it.
4: Runner-up is Death Stranding.
0: Death Stranding is a runner-up, isn't it? Yep. I mean, uh, it's also got some really hokey shit. Like, all the emails you get are, like, written by, like, very... I don't know. Manic Pixie Dream uh, UPS guys.
4: (laughs) (laughs) The the whole game is extremely hokey and on the nose and not subtle in any shape or form. But it is fascinating.
1: It is so fascinating. So one of the good parts of its storytelling, like, what
0: makes it... It has a really rich, complex uh like world it creates and the way that everything fits together is really interesting and the characters are so they're all like larger than life in the same way like mgs bosses are Mm -hmm. you know like if you remember like psychomantis having this fucked up byzantine backstory about him it's like whatever but like these are all like characters who are movie directors except they're not anymore they're just using their bodies to play characters it's weird uh and like when you learn like Every one of them has a backstory that's like compelling and interesting. I like I just I got Heartman's backstory. It's very different from Dead Man's backstory. These are Nicholas Winding Ruffin and Guillermo del Toro, respectively. Right. Um it's just it's so fucking weird. And the cutscenes, what I really want to call attention to here though, is the cutscene direction. And like Kojima, everyone knows like the dude worships film, probably wanted to be a film director in some ways. Um his direction in these cutscenes is so strong. Like, the composition, the pacing, the editing. I mean, you have a lot more freedom with games. You can literally reshoot them as much as you want. But he just... It's so its so masterclass compared to anything else happening in the AAA space.
4: I'm just so fascinated, fascinated to see a story as, as an English teacher. As someone who has to teach literature to students. To see someone that not only ignores the uh, subliminal but makes everything just super liminal. Like, remember that joke from The Simpsons where it's just like, drink beer? Like, that's basically (laughs) Death Stranding, where it's just like, it's given up on the pretense of saying, okay, we need to hint at our themes. Kojima is just like, this is the fucking theme, do you get it? And I'm like, yeah, I get it, Kojima, I'm into it. Okay, man, calm down.
5: I mean,
0: it's also a game that deals with a lot of... In the same way Eliza does, Death Stranding is a game about, like, extinction events and about humans wasting shit and about, like, losing connection and becoming polarized and becoming isolated. And, like, he's ham-fisted as hell when talking about these things. The mantra in the game is make America whole again. (laughs) But, like... But like also like if you if you take him at his word and at face value like this is a really important game for this time too like thematically. No, I like the way the similarly to really
4: Eliza cool. when you're looking at a game in the context of the world where it was made, Death Stranding, yeah. like I'm not saying it's always like the most deft or eloquent uh, speaker, no. <laughs> but it has a very sincere message and I do think it is successful in its delivery of yeah. that message.
0: I vote for it as a runner-up. Uh, so Eliza or, or... I'm sorry, Outer Wilds or Mutazion? Mutazion. Okay. I
3: thought we'd already cut... I think some, a couple of people already noped out of Outer Wilds, if I'm not mistaken. That's
0: fair. I am I think I'm the one who played the most of it,
3: and
1: I think I noped out, so we're yep. good.
0: Okay. Eliza wins Best Storytelling with Death Stranding and Mutazion as runner-ups. Now
1: this next category should be the easiest. This will take
0: about two seconds, yeah. Uh, Best Photo Mode... Uh, apparently people stopped making these this year. Uh, the nominees... probably last
2: year was the year of photo mode. And yeah. Uh,
0: I guess Red Dead came out on PC this year. Uh, Control, Gears 5, Days Gone, which nobody's played, and Untitled Goose Game, which doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> so... Not most
1: memeable. So
0: Control it wins
1: it? Does Gears 5 have photo mode? Yes. No. Well, oh. it didn't at launch. I don't know if it's in there now.
0: Okay, is it good, Tyler?
4: It's not as good as controls. It's a very pretty All
0: game. Right, control, control wins this. Uh, Goose game is extremely meaningful Now, can
1: we can we add just for posterity why this category is here if we have barely anything to talk about? No,
3: no, we're, we're already behind on time for other things, so no, let's just can, keep moving. Yeah,
2: I was gonna say they can they can look at the other articles.
0: There there have been many good photo modes, and we've talked a lot about the value of like showing games. Like
2: Control has games, a like, good photo like, mode.
0: Yeah, it's good. Go play Control, yeah. and,
3: and mean, maybe don't actually. And one of the things that Aaron, as a as a guy who's interested in photography, has done is to actually really get invested in positioning and creating and using it as using games and the photo modes to create something that's very artistic. It's just that this year, for various reasons,
1: Control didn't inspire me to do in game photography, but it is a great photo mode from our nominees. Yes, it's not
4: all about you, Aaron. I have some good pictures.
1: <laughs> Some that you also apparently grabbed from somewhere else doesn't still do. counts <laughs> still counts
5: yes
3: and I think we should go. put right. the the goose game as a runner up just because that thing became absolutely like iconic and mean, mean to hell and back I mean
0: I mean I shared a lot of screenshots from that game
3: yeah there's a lot of good and screenshots you can screenshots. make and do
0: sure That's there are no there's no you know overt mode for it but I don't know at this point. Whatever. If you're can playing it on Switch, you can't hit the
5: screenshot like,
4: button. For the gram.
1: Did you play Days Gone at all since you wrote this, Aaron? No, no, I still haven't set up my PlayStation from all the house okay. ah. things, so. I imagine, like, I reserve the right in, like, a year from now to go back and say, it, I doubt that this will happen. Like, holy shit, best land game landscapes I've ever taken. <laughs> <laughs> because Days Gone takes place in Oregon. Yeah, the Central Oregon area, Crater Lake, Bend, all these beautiful... Can you
4: find inspired craft brew If so it's not authentic?
1: Yeah, there is. So there's a whole... Actually, your protagonist, Deacon St. Brew, is... (laughs) (laughs) Who drives his bike around at different breweries, microbreweries, before the zombies... You joke, but that sounds Uh like a better game. Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, I do think, like... Yeah, go ahead.
3: Uh, Did you find or did you think of anything for Ace Combat 7 at all from this year?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't really put it on there because there's, like I said earlier on in our broadcast, um, that it's there's no traditional photo mode. So the problem okay, with Combat okay. 7 is a nominee, really quickly, was that there's no widescreen support. Namco doesn't support that, so you have to hack that in there cool and then after you've hacked ultra wide i should say Mm -hmm. so like a
0: oh i see you're one of those people
1: one of the incels um so once you've hacked in ultra wide support then there's still no photo mode you have to do mission replay slow it down and then take screenshots It screenshots beautifully but it's kind of a pain in the ass so it's like
0: mario kart 8 kind of (laughs) yeah okay
1: yeah, Control is great. Let's cool. Let's Control see.
0: wins best photo mode by default. Runners up are Gears Five and Untitled Goose Game.
4: <laughs> Even when I win, you guys still got a shit on it.
0: I'm sorry. Control is a beautiful game. I took a lot of fun screenshots in that game. I think it's a good photo mode too. I think it's a, it's a valid winner. I just wish there had been other valid contenders
4: to go against.
1: I, I just prefer landscapes. That's why I wasn't as passionate about it. Fair enough.
4: That's yeah, you could have nominated yeah. Assassin's Creed
1: again. I almost did, but I thought you guys would yell at me.
4: What if I nominate Red Dead 2 and hear me out here?
1: Yeah. It, yeah. It's cool. All right.
0: It also came out last year. It sure did. New category. Best Red Dead
1: Redemption. All right, last
0: last category. (laughs) Most fun. A game that is simply enjoyable to play independent of any greater message or narrative. Uh, That's an interesting... Uh, So you can turn your brain off and enjoy this one. Uh, Nominees are... I don't mean to be sarcastic. This is a fun <laughs> I like this category a lot. because um, like it's hard to fit some games in that like are just, you know, a good one of that or like a game that just says a thing really nicely. This category is meant to honor like just you know. Like what are we not supposed to through?
4: nominate Super Smash Brothers Ultimate because it has nothing to say about consumerism? Uh,
0: <laughs> exactly. Anyway. So nominees are What the Golf, Spin Rhythm XD, Control, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Ace Combat 7, Gears 5. Luigi's Mansion 3, Slay the Spire, Killer Queen Black, Tetris 99, Sayonara Wild Hearts, A Short Hike, them's on here twice, I'm taking that off, uh, Cadence of Hyrule, that was my bad, uh, Doom Sigil, and Untitled Goose Game.
1: So what's great about this category is it is uh, unencumbered from the elitist uh, discussions that we have about X and Y. It's just, you know, was the game fun? Great. It deserves a conversation. So games like Luigi's Mansion Three that probably would not even get close to a Game of the Year nominee. To be honest, it's not going to come close so here either
4: because no Luigi's Mansion game is fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesus. Hey, they're
0: they're interesting.
1: Even even then, uh, the point I was going to make was not to keep it on the list, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that uh, it is fun to play if you find it fun. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, so there are a lot of nominees on here, so we need to make some cuts.
0: So here's the thing. Tetris 99 is, like, maybe one of my favorite games of the year. Definitely one of my favorite games of the year. It feels like an anxiety attack. (laughs) Yeah, Spencer. Accurate.
2: I mean, it is an anxiety attack, (laughs) isn't it? Um, Who's damn good, though? Who are you to deprive someone's enjoyment of anxiety attacks? (laughs) No, I would
4: never
0: an do that. These days. I'm going to, to expedite things, I'm going to cut Killer Queen. Well, actually, no, Spencer voted for that.
2: No, 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 Killer oh, Queen shit. is good. I like Killer Queen. So on, This so seems like the clarify. perfect category Killer for Killer
1: Queen Black. Killer Queen yeah. on Switch. Yeah. are talking specifically about That's Black, where I have it. not yep. the arcade memories. Right, this me is
0: that. Black, the one okay. that came out this year. Because
1: uh, I for, played it on Switch. I, I heard that there were I guess, I guess I haven't played it
2: on Switch either. I've, I I just have Killer Queen in all its forms. So, I mean, on that basis, yeah, you can mix it.
1: Well, so really, then it's just Nick's vote on that. Just to say, because Spencer was just saying he has played on Switch, oh. so I think that's really fair. Oh,
0: okay. Killer Queen Black plays just like Killer Queen in, some, in the key ways, but it does <laughs> like he's pretty different. Uh, I prefer the arcade version, so if that's enough okay. to, to disqualify it, so be it. And but you also
1: drop Luigi's Mansion if we, it wasn't already clear.
0: All right, what do we feel like wins here? Like maybe that'll speed things up.
1: Um.
0: Uh, I think
2: it's Smash. I think it's Ace really? Combat. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. My man. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've I've played very little of it to be to be clear. It's been kind of on my wish list for a while, but it is one that I've been aware of. Um, the little bit that I played of it was just freaking joyous. Like it felt like um, the arcade game Afterburner. If you've heard all right. of it, yeah. like, right. it that style of hell yeah, I'm in a jet and this owns. Like, that is really all that you need of takeaway from that game. I,
5: I think the best. And
1: from what I understand, is it's unencumbered from the like shittiness of previous Ace Combats in the last several years or ten years. Uh, Ace Combat 7, again, I didn't play much of the series, is Return to the roots hmm. and really focused on the fun of the gameplay. And to Spencer's cool. point, it is a fucking glass um it's not deep by any stretch of the imagination it has that uh, hilarious dog meme that <laughs> um, but it is super fun to play yes mm. cool I
4: Someone think the joy also burner 3d
3: I remember that yeah
4: it's just a really good 3ds port of that arcade game and um I kind of smash I feel that 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 Joy and flying a jet. I haven't played Ace Combat 7, I understand what you guys are saying. It's like, oh, it's really rad to be ripping around the skies like that.
1: And you know well on there too, like the the more modern technology, like the feeling of your cockpit window rattling with weather changes and the rain and Mm. and all that stuff. The more realism adds to the fun of that and the the immersion. And and yet it's it's also
3: a game that has the most anime story of the year and also DLC for the Idolmaster. So there you go.
1: More than fucking Kingdom Hearts anime.
0: Yeah, in a year with Kingdom Hearts coming out, Ace Combat is still more anime somehow. Yeah.
4: Is is there Uh, a a first? Is there a cockpit view?
1: yes okay. you have cockpit outside you know like your car views okay. like, you know, it, it's great Cool. I'd recommend it if you pick it up on the cheap um, I'm going to talk about smash
0: yeah, well, yeah I'm, first I'm going to drop a couple things okay. I'm going to drop doom sigil because I'm the only one who played it is that uh, VR no this is John Romero went back to the doom one engine and made oh. a whole new episode oh god that's he made right. a new doom wad with uh, Buckethead doing the music <laughs> Uh, John Romero is a great 3D level designer and that this game is proof positive he hasn't lost any of it. It's great. I
3: also just love that Doom is now kind of timeless.
0: Yeah, Doom is, uh... Doom's, Doom still fucking rips. I mean, It's the, I mean, it's it's the, the Mario of first-person shooters. Like,
4: you can't ever <laughs> take that away from it.
0: Yeah. It's still fun, though. It's still so fun. Um... Bethesda needs to gonna... make a Doom Maker. I'm going to propose we cut a short hike. It's it's pleasant, it's charming. I love my time with it. I don't know if it's like a fun game. Stickball's fun. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think that's fine.
0: Yeah, it's the so, so, fun well, is well, not the I'm word gonna I use. For.
1: I'm going to come hard on um, uh, Cadence and Sayonara.
0: Oh, I love sure. Cadence yeah. and Sayonara. Shoot. I think Sinar Um, is more fun than Cadence, but...
1: I I will also... I think Sinar is more fun than
0: Cadence, too. Let's cut Cadence.
1: Yeah, I can live with that.
0: It's Crypt. It's a a pretty damn good 2D Zelda, in my estimation, but you have to like the uh, Necrodancer
1: gameplay. It has a very high barrier of entry, if you're not into... Well, you can just turn off the the beat mode. Dude, I tried. (laughs) I fucking tried so many times. Did we cut Short Hike?
0: Uh, Yeah, we can. I'll do it. I, I do,
1: it. so I want to go after Control a bit, where I really did, overall, enjoy the game. Um, I I don't dislike it by any stretch of the imagination, but there were many times where I did not find it fun. Until later, yes, when you have all the powers, and you have more levitation and all this shit, like you can do. You're super-powered, but that takes a long time to get there, and even then... Even on normal difficulty, the combat can be sometimes confusing and a pain in the ass. Yeah. And it's just, it wasn't always fun. And something in this category, I feel like, should be, it is consistently fun throughout, even if yeah. it dips. I would
0: agree with that logic.
4: I mean, I disagree with the premise. I have a blast from pretty much start to finish, even when I didn't have any powers. I still enjoy just running around that environment, shooting dudes. Even just with your pistol?
0: Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, I I just didn't. Once you can throw stuff, it's kinda of fun.
4: Yeah. It's a lot more fun once you can throw stuff. But I still yeah. enjoyed the time leading up to that and the time beyond that as well.
5: Okay. Uh
0: I think we can cut slay the Spire. Is anyone gonna defend that? I haven't played it. I've played it for a bit. Uh I I just I don't know if fun's the right word for that it's it's a roguelike in the sense of like you know you're just thinking about your next run basically and like it's, mm. it's a familiar feeling it's not always fun either it's probably like why i backhand. enjoyed
4: the uh, steam world quest more because they're both card games but steam world quest is uh has that consistency i guess because it's not a roguelike so you're just continually mm-hmm. building out your deck oh yeah
0: uh I I think Dicey Dungeons even is more fun than Slay the Spire because it's you know you're some some characters have like deck archetypes and mostly you're just rolling dice and then depending on the numbers you have different effects. So
4: I think the style Um, of Dicey Dungeons helps the pleasure, the enjoyment of it. The whimsy. It's
0: much more it's much more inviting to be in. Like Slay the Spire's art style just is very bland to me. Yeah. The music's very bland. If Um,
1: I had to have three right now, it would be. Some order of Smash Bros, yeah. Ghost Combat, and a Goose game. When did Smash Bros okay come out?
3: Last year. Uh, like, December last year. I think we missed the cutoff. Did we yeah. not discuss it last year at all for
0: anything?
4: I thought we did, but I don't
0: know. I think I might have played like an hour or two of it, and then nobody else had. I think we can, if you're cool with it, I would consider it for this year. And I think this is the only category where it matters. December Almost 7th, uh,
4: 2018. Why do Smash okay. games always come out so late? I don't know. Okay. Um, spin Rhythm is good
0: as hell, but it's, I don't think it's as good as DJ Hero, so I'm going to cut it. <laughs> it's
4: a, h- I mean, a hard, hard bar to clear.
0: I know. DJ Hero is the unsung hero of music games. Spin Rhythm Rules, though. You should check it out. Hmm. Um,
5: huh. Okay. Uh,
0: what the Golf? Yeah. Is funny. It's the funniest game I think I played this year. I don't know if it's fun.
5: Yeah.
0: I don't like half the challenges. It's got a good challenge to it, is the hard part.
3: I mean it's the, some, the benefit some is thing. that the
4: challenges are all so brief that the ones you don't yeah. like you can usually go through pretty quickly.
3: I just spent about two hours or so playing it on a on a flight and I didn't really get too frustrated because if I really needed to I could stop and change what I was playing like I could go to a different mission if I needed to really get stuck if I was really stuck on something.
5: Mhm.
0: I mean, I never play phone games anymore and I've got like 6 hours logged in this game and I'm still going. So it's it definitely stuck with me.
3: And now you can play your own music in the background, so it makes me even more likely I'll play this game.
1: <laughs> so, did we did we already say we were dropping Killer Queen and Tetris?
2: Uh... I mean, I I love Tetris. I wish there was another way. To, I I think actually it's it's a contender for top ten. So, yeah. Yeah, I can let it go. And Killer Queen, I like the arcade version. That's that's all I got. I mean, it's it's so. a damn Xbox
0: faithful Box version. Road. But I also wish like it's got it's missing some things. Like, you think you'd be able to play Killer Queen on one TV with two teams on the same TV? Mm-hmm. You can't do that at home. Oh, really? Yeah, you have to have two switches, two TVs, four people per TV. That's it's just... not. And it, i mean it sounds like it's not a technical, if you're a nerd you can do it but
3: it sounds like it's not a technical limitation it's more a choice that they made with how it has to be set up which is yeah, yeah it, just it feels again, like they yeah it feels like a bad choice is what thinking. it feels like
0: yeah it's a bad choice i mean it's in every other way it's a very faithful game and it's really the, the new art style is really cool animate's great but i think we can cut it um the, the rule of thumb for me is, like, is, is this local multiplayer game more fun than Towerfall? And if it's not, I have a hard time nominating <laughs> it. Not, it's not more fun than Towerfall. That, that's
3: a very high bar to clear.
5: Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and We've kind of danced around Goose Game, but I can, can't imagine all of us don't agree that that wasn't fun to play. It was fun. Right? It was fun. Throughout the whole way, pretty much.
0: It made me laugh more than most yeah. games, I think. The
3: fun part, and, and I, I'm hovering over it, about to knock it off the list here, unless if I'm overridden, but... The fun part of it was it was playing hitman without very high stakes because what like when i got s- stuck i guess early on in the second area like just the shopkeeper just reset everything and that was the the extent of it instead of having to restart a mission from start from scratch all the way through
1: it was fun to learn the mechanics it was fun mm-hmm. to fight with somebody for the first time it was fun to um honk for the first time it was fun to watch the game like mm-hmm. megan loved watching it it was just fun to watch um it was it's we're not talking about most funny game but it was funny yeah. And yeah hilarious i think it just embodied that sense of like games don't have to be about the stereotypical protagonist and bullshit and all the things. well
3: they don't have to have the same themes the same people and the same verbs
1: yeah
5: yeah
3: but that said, there's 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 more than three games that are more fun than it, I think.
1: So should we do more like votes, since it sounds like there might be some stragglers that are kind of a little weaker?
0: I think we go to a vote. Uh, Aaron, what are the three you want on here?
1: Um, I would say Goose Game is the winner with Ace and Smash as runners-up.
0: Okay, I'll note that. Uh, Doug, what do you got?
3: Um, you know what? I'm going to say Smash winning with What the Golf and Goose Game as
4: runners-up.
1: Uh,
4: Tyler, what you got? I voted for (laughs) Control and Ace Combat. Ace Combat? Oh, mama.
0: What was your third, sorry? Uh, I didn't have a third. Okay. Uh, Spencer?
2: You already know go, it, it looks like. Yeah, I did, however, since the landscape has changed since, uh, I would say Ace Combat with Goose Game and Smash as runners-up.
0: I like those. Yeah. Ace Combat winning, though?
1: I'm, I mean, I'm fine with that.
0: I mean, that could be hilarious. No one will ever... I, mean, I still really want to play this game.
1: It's fun. All right.
0: If it's fun, if the first word you think of <laughs> is fun, then it probably wins most fun. That's like the only thing I can say about that game. Probably,
2: is it's fun.
0: All right. Smash is real fun too. Yeah.
2: Smash fucking rips. It's fun. But it, yeah. it sounds like Ace Combat. Is even I, better. I love that this is now just in the vernacular.
0: <laughs> All right. The winner of the most fun category is Ace Combat Seven. Well yeah. With Super Smash Bros Ultimate and Untitled Goose Game. Rounding out the runners up, Ter- and that's all the categories.
1: Terry is and so we've, good we've in breaks, Smash. It only took us about four yeah, hours is. to get to fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is the
0: longest it's ever taken us. Okay,
3: so let's let's wrap the categories up for the moment, and let's uh, get back into it yeah, in a few. And let's,
1: let's let's uh, have Nick go out for this recording. <laughs> Oh, like to, oh to I think I meant leave the room. Morning. Sorry. <laughs> I need you to leave right
0: now. <laughs> um, okay yeah, so we'll uh, God we're really good at this podcasting thing. Uh, yeah, we'll take a quick break while we shift over to Game of the Year stuff and we'll be right back.